when you first got to the varsity football team at Westfield, what was that welcome to varsity moment? Or who's the first person to bust your butt? Hey, man, we were playing Aldine High School. Um, kid named Foster Bradbury. I think he went up with a full ride to Louisiana Tech or something like yeah. that, defensive end. And, um, you know, we were punting the ball. I played defense at the time. And um, I think they did a fair catch. Dude named Andre Fuller did a fair catch. He and I'm going to Baylor. He's an actor in Hollywood right now. Wow. But um, he caught the ball, and I think it was just like a dead ball. Dude just blindsided me out of nowhere because I'm thinking the play's over. Just booyah. Look, I'm like, I'm looking at the ref for a flag. He just looked at me like, get your butt up, man. <laughs> it's time to play, it's time to play ball. It's time to play defense. Like, man, this is 21-5-8 for real. They used to call that the little big 12. And yeah, those 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 dudes at Audi in high school at the time were all grown men. They were a division one football team at that time. So yeah, that was my welcome to varsity moment. And I, I will remember that for the rest of my life. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome back to another new episode of the Team Player Podcast Episode number 44, man, I got a special guest today This is a guy I've known for a very long time I'm very proud to call him my friend, fellow colleague And man, I've just, he's blown up, y'all He has blown up since the time that we worked alongside each other this guy's list of achievements is so long. It should be written on one, one of them old scrolls like they had in like ancient times, man. There's a lot of things I got to read through here. In 17 years in education, he spent eight years in, as an athletic coordinator, two years as an assistant coach at our beloved Aldine High School, nine years as an elementary PE teacher. Y'all, he's seen it all. He's done it at every single level. This guy's got superintendent written all over him. Anybody listening, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's hit it every single level. He is the three-time teacher of the year finalist. And then finally, just like MJ, just like Jordan against the Pistons, he broke through this year. He won the damn thing. <laughs> he's got his ring. There it is. And, uh, man, he's okay. I'm, I'm not done. He's the, he's the Adidas three-stripe award winner three years straight. That's the best Aldean middle school program, Aldean ISD middle school program. The first middle school to be featured in Vibe magazine. That's a huge honor, man. I, I do a lot of work. There it is. Here come the champs. There it is. There it is. And, uh, He's won the most district championships in the first five years of existence for a, a girls and boys programs. This is basically the hottest new program in the history of all the United States. And that's a hell of a history. There it is. Got it all right there. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take a breath. I finally got to the end of it, coach, unless I missed, <laughs> unless I missed something, but man, our special guest for today, Lorenz Butler, Thomas coach, welcome to the show. Oh man. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, man. And I, I love what you're doing with, with the impact that you're having talking with coaches, man. This is great. This is yes, great, sir, man. It's going to be, this is going to be a great episode. So y'all buckle up. 
If you're a part of the team player movement, please make sure you've given us that five-star rating. It literally takes 10 seconds, wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, uh, Google Podcasts, just, just give us that five stars if, if you'd like to, because that really helps us. That, that way, more people find the show. The more ratings we have, the more time our show pops up in a search for sports podcasts. We've already got 44 of uh, those ratings on Spotify, 25 on Apple Podcasts. That's pretty good, man. We, we're really starting to grow a little following here. So we're, we're blessed that you're here. We're honored. And uh, you can also leave a written review if you want to. I read those on the show. And then hit the follow button to subscribe. That way you get the new episode in your queue every single, every week on a Sunday afternoon. That's, that's when they come out. We'd be honored if the Team Player Podcast made it into your rotation. I'm your host, James Kovaleski. Please follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, Coach, let's dive into it, man. You grew up in Rushwood, Texas, in the greater <laughs> Greenspoint spring area of North Houston. Your parents yes, moved sir. you from HISD when you were in the third grade. You bought a house there, you know, great place to grow up, middle-class neighborhood, very diverse. Let's just kind of dig into that. Let, tell me about kind of where you grew up. Like what, what part of HISD were you in at first? And then what was it like moving to the North side? <laughs> well, well, to totally be honest with you, um, Aldine High School in Stovall is on Airline Drive. Yeah. If you take Airline farther down, um, right past Parker, before Tidwell, there's a school on the right side called Northline Elementary. Okay. So I basically... Went to Northline Elementary right there in HISD. We used to live behind the gallery furniture. So that gallery so that's furniture. Sam Houston? That you would have yeah, went to yeah, Sam Houston? Yeah, I would have went to Sam Houston High okay. School. I would have went from Northline Elementary to Funville Middle School to Sam Houston High School if my parents never bought a house. But we used to live there, a bunch of apartments right behind yeah. the gallery furniture back when Mattress Mac was selling mattresses off his truck on the corner. You saw that, the empire rise but right before I, you in I, your I, backyard. I, I felt like part of the part of the family, just seeing him grow oh, the way awesome, he man. is and how he bought that whole lot, that whole corner. But um, yeah, we we lived in apartments over there. And, um, my parents, you know, buying a house in the spring area, Greater Greenspoint in um Rushwood subdivision, which just happened to be zone to spring. It was the last subdivision zone to spring yeah. ISD. And uh, so you have Audi ISD, Spring ISD, and Klein all right within that particular okay. area so you also could have gone to ike then you were right i, I could have been to, uh, for coach eisenhower <laughs> nimitz and klein forest you were so wow like you could have went to lots of minutes. different yeah yeah wow. yeah but we were the farthest neighborhood that was zoned to go to westfield high school at the time hey, and, hey um, coach man one one quick thing on mattress mac man we just won the world series everybody knows mac was up, up making bets and yes, deals yes. and everything here's my memory of gallery furniture as a kid you remember uh -huh. when they used to have that uh, it was like a tube where you, uh, kids could go inside of it and they'd shoot the money, the cash up in the air, and you yes, could grab it. Yes. That's what I remember. I was inside of that tube grabbing all the <laughs> yes, save you money. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm telling you, man. We didn't like growing up. You didn't realize yeah. that he was gonna be like that. But it yeah, was right. It's, right. It, it was great, man. It, it was great because we used to sneak over there. I would get in trouble. They was like, y'all know y'all not supposed to be going over there. And we're sneaking over there yeah. in second and third grade. Just it, 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 it was it was great, man. But um, like I said, the neighborhood was very diverse, um, different um cultures, different nationalities, man. And so it that I think that's prepared me for adulthood, just growing up in a neighborhood like that. It was a lot of young families, kids around the same ages. We're staying out, you know, drinking water off the side of the house from playing. Right. Um, the lights come on at night, playing football, basketball, whatever it is, man. We had to park. The, the elementary school was in the neighborhood so we could walk to school. So it, it was just a great childhood, man, where kids could just be kids and no fear of anything. So, I mean, my, 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 my parents, man, I, I love them. And they, 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 they really raised us. I feel like the right way sports, faith, family, 
football. That was my life, man. And my dad's a, a minister, you know, so okay, I kind of yeah. grew up in a, yeah, I, I grew up in a very, um, I'm not going to say a strict uh, family, but I, I grew up in a, in a in a church family, you know, where my dad was, was a minister. So I, I I had to try to act accordingly best I could. Wink, wink. Yeah, I hear you, man. So you, you said it there, sports, academics, family, and faith were important in your household. Yes. You know, you've done 17 years in education. I did 11. We've yeah. seen so many of our, of our students come from, I don't know. I don't like the term broken home, but however, you know, single parent home. And you mentioned that in your write up that a lot of your friends were from single parent homes. And so therefore your dad was like one of the neighborhood fathers. He was like everybody's dad. And I I also speak, you know, fans of the show know me. I came from a two parent home, but it was a dysfunctional one. You know, my dad was an abuser. You know, he, 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 he was just an, he's an abuser. That's just, that's, that's what it was. You know, that's, that's the reality. So it was one of those situations where you're a little kid, and you're just in your room and just hoping you can fall asleep so you don't have to hear your parents fighting downstairs anymore, man. That that that, that was my reality for pretty yeah. much my entire life as a student, you know? And so I would always just, I'd be trying to get to school. I yeah. was not one of those kids that wanted to, I wanted to get the hell out of there, get to school, get to my coaches that loved me and made me feel like I was important and I was somebody yes. special. And yes. so just talk about that a little bit with your dad, man. Let's dig into that a little bit. So your dad, obviously as a pastor was someone that yeah. carried himself with a certain type of respect that yes. kids are kids. We gravitate towards that, man. We love oh, coaches man. like you or your, or like your dad, like kids gravitate towards that. So can you, can you describe what that was like? Well, let me tell you, man, my dad's name is Gene Thomas and he, and he's known, man, he integrated Smiley high school. So he integrated wow. Smiley high school yeah. Yeah, from um, Cashmere back in the day. So he's part of that 68, 69 class. And um, you know, the difference, my dad's like six, one, six, two, 270, 260. When he played ball, he was probably 220. So yeah. everyone thought that I was going to grow up and be this six foot, six one <laughs> stud yeah. of a football player. Hey, coach, before you get to that, though, can I? I'm curious about that. Can you tell me more about that history of Cashmere and Smiley? Well, basically, when they integrated, so yeah. they lived off a of street, I want to say King Street in 59, okay. and they decided to integrate the schools yeah. because that, it was Key Middle School. Key Middle School, yeah. from what he told me, went from K to 12. So they pretty much had kindergartners, five-year-olds, all the way up to 18-year-olds in the same building. Yeah. So when they decided to integrate these schools, which was North Forest at the time, right. that was a predominantly um, white school, Smiley was. And okay. so they integrated him and his brother, integrated the school, and they were part of the first black guys to be on that football team and that community, you know, going that way towards wow. Mason. That. Yeah, they they integrated that school during those times. I, and um, I don't want to get us way off topic, but just yeah. a, a Cliff Notes version. What was that like for him? Did, did he face a lot of he negative did. from he those did. white students that smile? I and mean, was it difficult? Or what was it like? It was more from his coach. He told me he, Interesting. he when he got there – the guy told him, I don't care how good you are, how fast you are. Yeah. No matter what or how you do, you're not going to start at this school at linebacker. Wow. Because I already have my the guys that yeah, we have. Yeah. You know, and this is and, remember this is the, the, the movie, Remember the Titans. Like and, and, your dad lived it. And 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 and, and, and it's crazy how it, it cycles, you know, recycles through time because he was like, when he was in school, he quit football because he allowed a guy, a coach, a person to yeah. dictate to him how and what he should do as far right. as an athlete. And he said that's one of his regrets in his life is that he allowed that to happen when they went to that school and that guy told them no matter how good they were, they would never start over at MB Smiley High School as a as a football player, as an athlete, you know. Man, so that, you know, and, and I, 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 I hate that, that affected him. I hate that he had to do that, but I mean, 
a 16, 17 year old kid, when you're faced with that, I mean, yeah, I just hated that coach. Yeah. I just hated that, that your dad had to experience that, man. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell you, man, gifted, I'm telling you, man, my, my, hey, he, he, I, I, when, you know, when you're growing up and you hear guys talking about, Hey man, your dad was this, yeah. your dad was that. I heard it so much growing up, so much growing up. And you don't really, it's like, man, it's just my dad, man. It's just my pops. But the older I got and I started understanding things and I looked at how easy sports came to me and yeah. I had to get it from somewhere. Yeah. And you start realizing just the game, the things he taught me, how to see the game. You know, he always taught me. This was one of his sayings growing up when I was in Little League. Hey, the game is 90% mental, 10% physical. Yeah. So if you're not a thinker, why, why are you playing the sport? You need wow. to be a thinker. You need to be a yeah. student of the game. And I think that's what helped me to be who I am today. Just, a, you know, I've had some great coaches, but my dad was my first and greatest coach I ever had. This podcast yeah. is is based off the Knuckleheads podcast. It, it's Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, two former NBA players. Like that, I, I got my inspiration from that podcast. And I said, they're interviewing all these guys that I love from the 90s and even current NBA players. I'm like, I should do this with high school, high school coaches. Yeah. That's how I started. Yes. They always tell the story. They always ask an NBA player when they come in, like, who is that dude that none of us know his name, but was the best dude in, in the neighborhood? And it, everyone's always got a story of somebody who kind of like your dad who yes. was like the truth, but didn't make it. And sometimes it's, it's, it's the athlete getting off track, but man, your dad just, it was just the era that somebody else kind of took that opportunity away, man. So I, I hate yeah. that part of the history. And I, that's why we're, we're working to try to steer as far away from that as possible. But to, to get man. you back on, on the, on the topic of what I was asking you, I mean, it's curious your dad's influence inside of that community and all those kids seeing him oh. as a neighborhood dad. Like, can you just talk about that a little bit? Oh man, all my friends, man, my buddies, you know, my dad, anytime we need to get dropped off at the movies, yeah. He get his raggedy car, his raggedy truck. He get put us in there, and we go. He'll drop us off yeah. when we needed to train during the summer. He come get us, you know, pick up everybody, drop us off at the games. When it came to basketball, shooting, he talks to us about techniques, training, everything. When guys just want to come over and just relax and just hang out and just talk, my dad was there. Um, and so there were other guys, a few of my yeah. other friends, Larry Hamilton, Chris Alfred. Their dads were tremendous in our lives also but it was only three or four fathers in that neighborhood you know especially black fathers at that yeah. time in that neighborhood with so many kids so yeah man my, my my house was like just a relaxing place for kids just to come and just talk about sports talk about life I mean even to this day as they're married men they still yeah. call my dad or go by and just ask about him or go see him and my mom and just you know just want to talk about life as a whole as they've gotten older but I mean when it came to sports and just needing a, a pick-me-up or something's not going right, or just to talk a little noise about his, because he's a Dallas Cowboy, about his Cowboy. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, that that that's what it was. But, man, just 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 being that escape for so many kids who come from different situations. Man, my, my dad was always that person they can talk to, and it would stay there. And he yeah. would give him, them the advice. Um, never try to steer them wrong, but just try to give them the advice to to help them to get go higher in life and be better, better men. Not just better football players, but better men for the future. So it sounds like you had a lot of consistency from your dad growing up as a kid, but then when you got to Westfield high school and you entered ninth grade, that's kind of where the consistency stopped. You mentioned that you had three different head coaches, the first three years of high school. And you said that that hurt a lot of kids. So can you go elaborate on that a little more? Like, what, what, what do you mean that, that it hurt a lot of kids? Okay. So, you know, coming from Belmont middle school, we, we, you know, the, you have to run your feeder program back in those days, yeah. you ran what the high school ran. And at the time we ran what's called the wishbone yep. and um, Emory, Emory Ballard oh, yeah. was our, our, our football coach at the time. And Get out he, of town. He, yeah. yeah Emory That's Ballard a legend, man. Was, 
<laughs> oh man, he was the head coach at yeah. Texas A&M. Yeah. He was the head coach at Mississippi State. And he was also the offensive coordinator at the University of Texas um, back in um, the Royal days. So um, long story short, our freshman year, we would run the wishbone and we already knew the plays. We knew everything because we ran it at Bama Middle School. And so we, you know, the same X14, X15, everything was the same reads, you know, Um, and and it was a great, great situation. But our freshman year, Coach Ballard actually came out of retirement to come back and coach at Westfield. Yeah. Because he just, you know, it was just one of those things he had said he had a calling to come to, come do. Yeah. So um, our freshman year, when I got there in my ninth grade year, we had a great year. I mean, freshman scored 10 touchdowns in three games. Mm. We're rolling. We're rolling. Um, His wife finds out she has cancer. So oh, no. he decides to um retire so he can go home and take care of his wife. Wow. And so that, that that ended up changing the total trajectory of a lot of student athletes. And I'm, I'm you know, just to give it for instance, the next year we got um a guy named Pat Culpepper came in from Galveston Ball. Okay. So we went from a wishbone team, three back system, to the I formation, which is a fullback and one back. So now you have to find something to do with those other backs and you know, yeah. those guys that play ball. He comes in, he's there for one year. An unfortunate situation. Um it was, you know, it it was it was an illegal player, as they said. So he only lasted one year there right. over at um Westville, Pat Culpepper. Yeah. Um, and then our third year, which is our junior year, they brought in a guy named David Bill, and he was coming fresh from um Temple High School. Um played quarterback at um Texas AM. Um, I think he coached at Temple, coached, he was the head coach at Brenham High School. And it was like that Texas AM connection, Texas AM UT connection. Yeah. So basically all three of our coaches have big time um college experience, division one experience yeah, yeah. in Texas. So when I say it hurt a lot of kids, so basically we went from a running team my freshman year to a spread team right. by 11th grade. Right. So you have a team full of running backs and fullbacks, and now you're trying to make it into a spread team with two and three receivers, a tight end. A lot of these kids have never played those positions before. And so now in in less than two or three years or the spring, when they come in the spring, usually in January, we're changing our total offense. And that really hurt a lot of guys because every head coach that comes in doesn't know anything about the kids that were there before. Right. Talent, what they can do, what they can't do. So everybody, every year, kid has to prove themselves over and over and over. And back then we didn't have SEL moments. But there was a lot of SEL things going on for kids who sports yeah. was life. Right. And that's part of the reason why I got into coaching, because I saw so many guys who their everything was sports. And when a new coach comes in and says, hey, you're not big enough. Hey, you're not fast enough. Hey, you don't fit my system. And you're doing this in high school. A lot of these guys don't realize how much it truly hurts these guys mentally as a as a as a player, as an, um, a student athlete. Because a lot of these kids, I hate to say it, they're athletes, then students. Sure. I know we want to say student athlete. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Most of these kids, they come to school for sports so they can get out of their situation. But I don't think a lot of the coaches at the time understood that. So, yeah, that's when I say those three head coaches kind of hurt a lot of guys' um, yeah. self-confidence as far as when they would come in, change the coaching staff. And the kids' confidence was the same because they just felt like they had to prove themselves to a coach who, no matter what they did, that coach wasn't going to, you know, appreciate the gifts that they had or brought to the table. That that makes sense. And, I mean, I, I lived some of that at Aldine. You know, it was a running offense before I came, and we tried to open it up, and we, we did some good things offensively, you know, the yeah. first year. But that's hard. It's yes. difficult for the kids. You know, and I, I always think back, like, if I, if I could go back and know what I know now, 
I really gravitated. We actually explored running the option, you know, yes. the second year that I was there. We looked at going into the flex bone, like what Navy and Air Force wow. runs. And we actually yeah. we went down to uh, Port Lavaca Calhoun. Uh, Coach Whitaker, who's an all Dean alum, he yeah, actually posted us. We stayed the night there and we studied and wow. studied it. But it's just like that you have to really go all in. Yes. To run yes. a true triple option Veer style system. And we just didn't know if we had, like you said, coaches got to know it too. Every, everybody has to know it across the board. So yeah, looking back, thing. man. I mean, I, I really like that slot T that I saw in the playoffs, you know, this year and stuff like that. But yes, yes. anyhow, but th- that's the thing yeah. for coaches to think about, man. I, I totally agree with you. I think yeah. that sometimes coaches come in and you have certain things that, that you like. But I mean, I, I do think you need to pay reverence to what happened before. You yes. know, I really do think that, you know, and, and see what was built before you see what the kids are comfortable with. Because yes. your, your point's very well taken that you guys felt very comfortable running your, your X-14 and all this. Stuff. I mean, yes. you know, so, yes. so to suddenly be playing spread football. Yes. It, it, and this was an era where that was really outside the box. It's it not like today. Brand new. Yes. Brand <laughs> new. Yes. Because the Oilers were running it. So yeah. I think, you know, at the time, like I said, I'm mid 90s. So yeah. that's what they saw. And they like, hey, put up points. But guess what? With that was a lot of turnovers. Sure. You know, it wasn't ball control. So, yeah, it just it, it was it was definitely a change for a lot of the kids at the time. You know? I think another hard thing is as it's always new coach after new coach, like when those coaches come in, they're probably really gravitating towards their freshman class because they're like, okay, these are going to be the first kids that have been with us for four years. And exactly. so I imagine with so much turnover, your seniors, your juniors, they kind of feel like left out in the shuffle a little bit. Exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, yes. That's that, that definitely happened for a lot of my friends and teammates. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, at, at least as far as I can remember my recent memory, I mean, the, the, the coach at Westfield has been consistent. It's, it's been a guy named Meekins for a long time, whether it's exactly. Corey Meekins Brothers. and now yes. Matt Meekins. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Corby get, and Matt, Matt was great. Matt was the coach when I was with him in this yes. my last year. He's an yes. awesome guy. He just won coach of the year. Uh, yeah, I saw that at the touchdown club. That's right. So th- those the that. Meekins, the Meekins are an institution, but obviously Westfield has been very, very good, you know, for a long time, well over a decade now, but in, in your time, was was Westfield still like this kind of powerhouse contender? Or what 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 kind of teams were running through Westfield in the nineties? Oh man, let me tell you, Westfield was a my middle school and freshman yeah. sophomore year. Westfield was a powerhouse. Yeah, okay. Westfield was a powerhouse. They had yeah. guys like Octavius Bishop. Yeah, this guy's like six seven, six eight, three hundred plus. Went to UT full ride. The Muncie Suggs, Lederick Hunter, Delvecchio, um, Cedric. I mean. There were so many guys at Westfield at the time. At the time, I'm, I'm if you ever get a chance to look it up, their line was bigger than the Houston Oilers NFL wow. line yeah, at yeah. one time. At one time, there's a whole Houston Chronicle or Houston Post article yeah, just yeah. about Westfield's line at the time. And I want to say they got so far in the playoffs during that time. I think they lost to Midland, if I'm not mistaken. They end up losing to Midland or something like that. But yes, they were a powerhouse. The talent has always been there. There's yeah. always been talent at Westfield. Always been talent. But no Decaney, so it's just you and Spring, right? Just us and Spring. And um and 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 back then we played against the Klein schools. Right. So my freshman sophomore year was us and the Klein schools, and we would play North Huntsville, Conroe. Which Klein schools at the time was just Klein and Klein Forest, Klein, right? Klein, Klein Forest. I want to say Klein Oak. Oak, um, okay. Oak, yeah, yeah, Oak was there. Not the Klein Collins, sure, the Klein sure. Kane. These are all new yeah, schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in Klein Forest, they had some studs. Yeah. So that area of this greater North Spring, Aldine, Greenspoint area, there were so many NFL talent Absolutely. that came out of here, college D1. But yeah, Westfield was always one of the top schools. It's just every year a new coach would come in and it would change the total, 
you know, atmosphere and you have kids that will not play as much anymore yeah. and things just happen. But um, Westfield was a powerhouse because yeah. after my last coach, which is coach Bill, my senior year, I want to say he lasted one more year. Then coach Lynch came in. Minkins came in with Lynch. Okay. As the OC. And when Lynch retired two or three years later, that's when the first, I want to say Corby took over. So he came yeah. in with that next group and him so, and his brother were right. on that staff. And it's, I, they've been, I know since the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, that's going like on 20 years 2003 yeah but okay so last thing kind of on this you mentioned that you had some adversity which i think you kind of referenced like all the yeah. position change and coach change and <laughs> all the shuffling and you had the adversity i'll let you kind of go into that but you said that the cool thing was out of that adversity of your last staff ironically several of those guys became your mentors so can uh, you tell us that story so let me tell you man i came i came out of uh, middle school you know they were like hey Y'all are going to be the starting backs. Y'all are going to, y'all are the future for Westfield. Yeah. So we came in uh, freshman year playing running back and cornerback. Yeah. Which was cool. New coach comes in. I'm on the varsity spring game as a 10th grader, running out formation, playing the eye back. They move me to linebacker. So I'm playing linebacker and eye back in um sophomore year. Yeah. So the new coach comes in, they put us on JVS 10th graders because, you know, they want the, yeah, the seniors sure. or whatever. So we're, we're still killing teams, you know, no knock on Nemeth, but I know I rushed for over 200 yards against Nemeth. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, we killed it. So junior year comes up and the coach comes in, you know, a new coach, um, Mark Howard, and he is the defensive coordinator for DeSoto's last championship a few years back. So right. they won state this year, but he was the D.C. for them a few years back. And he's right. known around the state, Mark Howard. Um, and Coach David Bill comes in. So they, they're they preaching, hey, we want the best 11 on the field. So I've always played running back, safety, corner, secondary, mm. you know, linebacker. He comes to me and he's like, hey, we're going to need you to play defensive end. Mm. As an 11 grader, I might be 5'7", maybe 150 pounds. Right. Soaking wet at the time. Yeah. But they said we want the best 11 on the field. Sure. So, you know, it it – it, it bothered me a little bit, but yeah. hey, I was a team player. Right. 11th grade year, I came in, I played played defensive end. And we only had three defensive ends. So I was the one that played both sides. You yeah. Know, we had some studs, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, studs. Taransky, Searles, mm -hmm. um, Kenneth Hamlin, these were some studs. So and I'm rotating with these guys. So, um, you know, that year's over with, you know, and I think we finished, that first year he came in, I think we finished two and eight. Wow. We, two and eight. we only yeah. had two wins. Yeah. That first year when we went to that spread system. Yeah. I'm going from a playoff contender the year before. Yeah. So senior year comes and I, you know, I talked to the coach and I talked to him and I was like, Hey coach, is it all right if I try, you know, corner or safety, you know, just, I just want an opportunity to try. Yeah. Not ask me to be the running back. I just want to try something different. Cause I said, man, in my size going against these pulling guards, pulling tackles from Omba high school, Aldine, Eisenhower, six, two, 300. I'm barely 150 pounds. Um, and it was some, it was some pushback. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was a pushback because they felt like I wasn't being a team player, but I just asked for an opportunity. Yeah. Ended up going long story short, you know, becoming the starting strong safety at Westfield high school after an ample, ample opportunity. We ended up going six and four that year. Yeah. Um, we had a really good year. We had a really good year. We had the number one secondary in, in 21, five at the time, you know, with yeah. my friends who all just happened to be from Rushwood. Bobby yeah. South. Yeah. Chris Alfred, Joe, Joe Campbell, we yeah. were starting secondary and we've always played together. Right. So long story short, at the end of that year, coach Howard pulls me to the side um, and says, he wanted to apologize to me as a 12th grader. Yeah. Here I am, 17 years old. And I have this grown man apologizing to me and saying, yeah, hey, 
it's my bad. We made a mistake. Right. You end up being more than what you what we thought you were going to be. You end up calling the defense. And then we were doing a film session, and he apologized to me in front of the whole wow. team. Wow, yeah. Whole defense. yeah. And for a guy to do that who didn't look like me at the time yeah, was huge, you know, as a, yeah. as, a, as a young man. That was huge for him to have enough um, self-reflection to apologize to a 17-year-old kid and say, hey, we made a mistake. I, and I want to let you know that we hey we made a mistake. And 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 long story short, Coach Mark Ball, who was a Lubbock ISD athletic director, who still you know is is big in coaching right now, and Coach Howard, I have their numbers to this day. And even on Twitter, they'll hit me up, text me, and just talk about the great things. Coach Bill passed away about once say about three or four years ago. He he was um the Brian um high school's OC, but he ended up passing away from cancer a few years ago. But Coach Ball, Coach Bresh, who's at Eisenhower, man, when I tell you these guys have been so strong and significant in my life as far as coaching, just when I was thinking about um, moving up and doing different things, just the advice that they would give me. So basically what I'm saying is something that started off as a negative, as I became a man, became a positive, you know, because for a long time I resented. Sure. I resented the game of football because of what I thought were the politics. Yeah. Um, but as time went on, man, I, I mean, it, it it ended up helping me as a coach because now, because we went through so many different offenses and defenses my first three years, I'm able to adjust my teams from year to year depending on my personnel. So what I thought was bad ended up being a great thing because I learned so many different offenses, so many defenses. So at any given point, I can go from a four or five spread offense to a, a diamond look or an inverted bone and be successful with whatever type of kids I got. So I just wanted to say, yeah, um, long story short, it was a bad situation as I was a right. young man. But as I became a man, I saw how I felt like I was blessed to be able to to be able to adapt and adjust as a coach because I went through so many difficulties. And I saw the things that a lot of these middle schools and these high schoolers go through. And I just, hey, man, it's, it's just a blessing to be able to have those, those different things that happened in my life and how it helped me later on in life. Great story, man. Great story. I can relate to some of that, but man, first off, shout out to coach Mark Howard, man. Oh, man. I don't think a lot of people have that ability and that, that self-assurance and security to just say I was wrong, <laughs> you know? And I think that's a sign of strength. Thank I think you. that's a sign of someone that's open to change and he's trying to get better all the time. And so for him to do that, Yes. You don't see that all the time, man. So shout out Coach Howarth, man, if he's listening. Yes. I, I would love to meet him. I'd love to have him on the show someday. Oh, I'm man. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, man, that that would be a – I'm going to see what I can do about Let's that. Let's do that. that. Be, Let's that do that. But man, great, man. My story kind of similar as far as feeling like you're out of position. You see, when I was coming up through middle school, I was a very, I was, I was a very overweight kid. And mm -hmm. so when I started playing seventh grade football, I was just put on the O-line, which, of course, at the time, I was like, oh, absolutely. That's all I can do. <laughs> you know, yeah, but definitely. as I got into high school, sophomore year, suddenly I kind of – leaned out to more of what I look like now mm -hmm. and it was just like by that point I was I was so far gone I played O-line my whole life and I my like I said I, I just my coaches I believed in them and loved in them and they built me up so I just still thought I could do it I thought I could play 5A football you know 6'1 225 pounds and I got first team all district I, I thought I was a badass you know yeah. they made me yeah. believe that and I, I continued to play O-line. When I got to college, I did I did move to the defensive end, uh, you know, because that was always in my head. Like, I want to try a new position. I always felt like I was undersized and I could do better yeah. somewhere else. But 
eventually I got to college, played defensive end the first two years. My junior year, they said, hey, Q is what they called me. You know, you play, I know you played O-line, you know, at, at, at 5A football. You know, would, would you move for us? It's better for the team. I said, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And it was my best season. I See. felt so comfortable. Just like how you felt comfortable going back to safety, I yes. felt comfortable returning to O-line, you know. Yeah. The way that I loved how you handled it was you, you, you did it the right way. You just asked for an opportunity. Yes. I was doing it kind of the same way where as I come into my senior year, again, I, I, I just had a great year at O-line, but I was really having trouble keeping on weight. All my, all my mm. listeners know this story. And I said, hey, I got one more year. I was begging the coaches, give me an opportunity to play tight end. Every mm -hmm. fat kid, you know, all of those offensive <laughs> linemen, we want to play fullback or tight end. Or you have yes, to yes. Right? But I asked and asked and asked. And I, at the end of it, I think I got too negative and too bitter and just focused on myself. And I think I lost sight of what was best for the team, which would be staying at tackle. I just had a great season. And anyway, eventually I just ramrodded it through. I forced it through I, my, my body. I changed my body in the off season. I was faster, thinner. So wow. it's kind of too, it's too late to go back to the line, you yeah. know, but yeah. the problem was talk about changing offenses and stuff. Like we, we never got a tight end in the offense. The offense ended up being, did not feature a tight end, which we, there was talks who may feature a tight end, you know, my wow. senior year. It wow. didn't happen. So at the end of the day, I'm playing like a wingback position it, it, and it's complete. Like, I was running the, I was the pitch man on option on certain. Players. Oh, wow. It was a complete, and this is a guy who used to play right tackle the year before yeah. starting right tackle. Yeah. And I honestly, man, looking back on it, I'm proud of myself that I got all the way up to second string. My, oh, my that's man, good. Jack Floyd, who's a coach, man, he, he beat me out. He definitely was way better than me at that. that yeah. Point. But yeah. I, I actually can't believe I made it to that's, second string. That's an accomplishment. Right it was. That's an accomplishment. And, and, and it helped, it helped me, like you said, with coaching. I learned a whole another aspect of the game. Yes. But I couldn't help but by the end of it, at the end of it, my senior year, I kind of started hating football, just like you said. And oh, it's man, something I'm telling you. My entire yeah. life, I'd been – you ask any coach at Fort Ben Austin, Kobe was the coach's dream. And for the yeah. first time, I was I was always the coach's dream until I wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. my senior year, I just wasn't that guy anymore, and I, I hate yeah. that. And yeah. I tell that to the player, told that to the kids at Aldean, told my kids at Ridgepoint. I tell yeah. that story, just say, you know, at the end, listen to the coaches, which yeah. is what you did. Yes. You may not have liked it, but you listened, and eventually they gave you a shot, and it worked out. Yes. But – Yes. At the end of the day, the long rambling story, just say I ended up going up to I went to go went to my old head coach at a function years later. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, we both had a couple of drinks and, you know, he's a great guy. Coach Norman, my, okay. you know, my former head coach. I went up to the coach. I'm sorry for that bullshit. I pulled my senior year, <laughs> you know, and he That's just good. said, I love you, Q, you know, That's and good. we just we hugged it out, man. And it just for anyone listening, if there is some kind of resentment or mistake you've made that you're harboring and just festering on, it's OK to say you were wrong. Yes. Yes. Not just sports in life, in relationships. In life. Yes. It's, I'm hereby granting you permission. It's okay to say you were wrong. I look back at my time at Aldean. There's so many things I could have done better. Yes. You know, I look at everything Reflection. and it's like yes. you don't have to hold on to your pride. So yes. I really want to thank you for sharing that story and being so open and vulnerable, man, to share that. Like that was perfect. Yes. It yes, really was. Man. All right, man. Hey, I, if I can help anybody just from anything that I've experienced, man, that that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to do. Yes, yeah. I mean, nothing like personal experience to help others, you know, but yeah. After, yeah. after you left Westfield, man, you, you, you started a blend and you went to TSU, Texas yeah, University, yeah. you're a business management major. And then you finished with uh, Concordia University of Austin, getting your master's in education, yes. which again, yes. telling you, you're going places that, that that's yeah. going to come in handy as you continue to move up that ladder. Yeah. Um, you, yes. you said that you got into coaching by chance. I always ask this question, Laurentis, the statistics may surprise you. Out of all these illustrious guests I have that have resumes similar to yours, Coach of the Year, and this and that, 65% of my guests did not think they were going to be a coach when they started in college. 
Oh man. So that and it sounds like you're that too. Cause you said you got into it by chance. So it sounds like you're another one. And so that just shows for any listeners or people that maybe that you're doing something else that you don't love. Yeah. It's never too late to start coaching. That's my point. I think like, it's a calling. I really tell us, yeah. Do. Tell us like, I so how did, what happened in college? Like, how did you get into coaching? Okay. So let me just go yeah. back a little bit. So, yeah. so, you know, junior senior at Westfield, they had a program where the football players or high schoolers or seniors would go to the elementary schools. And I was part of that program. You know, I would go to the elementary school. I had a buddy, some kids that, you know, I would, you know, um, they would talk to me about things, whether it's home life, family life, some of the kids yeah. that were struggling. Sure. So at that moment, I didn't realize how much I gravitated towards kids and just being a mentor. So that happened while I was a senior, but I never thought about it. My 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 mindset going into college was business or become sure. a lawyer. That's just, sure. that was it. I was going to either be a, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur or be a lawyer. Get to college um get the blend and um i'm majoring in computer science so i'm going into taking the computer classes and i happen to take a business class and the teacher at the time and this stuck out to me so vividly she was like um you ever thought about business and i said no why she was like well with computers they're always changing things next month there's going to be something different with computers yeah. but she said with business it's been the same since the 1300s <laughs> supply and demand yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. stuck with me. She was like, business is going to always be the same. Supply and demand, buyers and sellers, goods and services. But with these computers, you never know if they're going to, you know, be obsolete by next yeah, month. Yeah. And something else, you got to learn a new program. That's right. So that stuck with me. So that basically how I became a business major. So I go through business. Um, I'm thinking I'm, I'm about to go to Walmart, go through the management program. And um, I'm looking at, okay. Walmart management, holidays, working. Hey, I'm not tripping. Go up to Benville, Arkansas, make some yeah. money. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's okay. It's cool. And I had a friend named Larry Hamilton. Um, he ran track at Prairie View, one of the fastest kids to come out of Westfield. And he was teaching out in Brookshire, Brookshire Royal or something. Oh, yeah. I was like, what about coaching? It's like, coaching? I don't know, man. He's like, man, you've always loved sports. Yeah. It's like, you're going to make probably the same money and you get weekends and holidays off. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Days off coming from retail and doing that retail is the truth man you're you are not the first guest that was involved oh. in in retail or restaurant oh. and man, uh, it's, it's it's different yeah. it's a different beast and i'm like you can make the same amount of money and you're off during the summer and the holidays he was like yeah mm -hmm. so i said all right man let me look at let me look at what some areas around here and he's like so i applied it like i think spring aldine and maybe clown or something yeah aldine calls me up quickly for just an interview to go in. I go in for an interview with a guy named Mr. Stewart who used to be in HR. It's like, man, you look oh. familiar. I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, where'd you, where'd you go to school? I said, Westfield. He said, you played football over there, right? I said, yeah, I played football at Westfield. He said, man, I remember you. Wow. Long story short, he remembered me and immediately got me a job as a PEA Love it. at a school at Stevens Elementary. He was like, hey, don't worry about nothing. Just show up this day. This is how much you're going to make. You know, until you get your, I had to go ACP, until you get your paperwork done, we're going to take, we're going to make sure you're taken care of. So it was just crazy how something that happened four or five, six years before playing high school ball at a school against the district that hires me, which was crazy. But Mr. Stewart remembered me from playing football at Westfield at the time. So I get hired on at Stevens Elementary um, as an aide. Half a year there, they're already trying to get me a job. 
They're like, hey, they have openings here and it's January coming up. I'm like, hey, no, I want to get a full year of learning this elementary thing. But it was just a natural love for kids from kindergarten to fourth grade elementary. And I just I just loved it. And I, and, and personally, I still had that resentment towards sports. So I just love teaching kids the game at the most innocent point. So I just love seeing a kid get a football for the first time, put their hands on the laces and learning how to throw a spiral or, you know, yeah. punt, pass and kick, taking them to punt, pass and kick, learning how to shoot a basketball for the natural love of the game, not because your yeah. parent says you need to play it, not because your uncle says or because you think you're better than everyone, just because you love sports and you just want to learn. So I did that for a year, um, got hired on at Bussy Elementary after one year of being a PEA, did that for seven, eight years. Um, but, you know, my last couple of years, I was writing curriculum at um, at the district during the summer. I was writing wow. curriculum and um, Miss, Miss – uh, what haven't you done, man? You've done you've yeah. done it all. Jesus. So I, was, I was writing. I, it's crazy how it happened. But I was I was writing curriculum one summer and Miss Mater, you know, our assistant uh, yeah. athletic director. Shout out to her, Mr. Delgado, Mr. Yeah. Colbert, Mr. Yep. Dre Thompson. Shout out to everybody over there. Yep. But um, I was doing curriculum and she, Coach Crawford, who happened to be the Aldine High School coach at the time, yep. was walking by. And she was like, hey, Coach Crawford, I got this great guy right here who used to play ball and would be great asset to help out with football over at Aldine High School. I was like, oh, wow. I was, I was like, oh, cool. You know, because it had been a, enough gap between me playing high school ball yeah. and being in college to where I knew I wasn't going to have the same expectations on the kids as I did as if I was a player. Right. Sure. I think that's big yeah. for me because yeah. if I had came right out of high school or college and went into coaching, I don't think – I think I would have been harder on the kids because yeah. I would have had the expectations – to think that they would have to play like I played or have the love or the desire that I had. So by me having a gap in between, it gave me a chance to reflect and look back and look at the sports from the outside looking in. And now I can truly coach the sport and yeah. not have these un these crazy expectations on these kids that, hey, they're not like me. They're not going to play like me. They're yeah. different. So yeah. I, that was a great thing. So I ended up volunteering for the first year. Um, at Aldine High School, we had a great team, had, had a kid that went college, and it was great. And I wasn't expecting to get paid at all. It was just yeah. volunteer. I would leave the elementary school, Bussy Elementary, yeah. down the street, go volunteer, coach freshman ball, Bussy yeah. Friday Night Lights on the field. So that was that was great for me. And he called me like that in May, and he said, hey, we got you paid. So I yeah. ended up getting a stipend off of what I thought. I was just volunteering that whole year, and he ended up nice. finding a way to get me paid that year i'm not gonna say how much it was but it was nice yeah. you yeah. know for somebody who was just helping out and the next year same thing happened and he was like hey um you know we think stovall is gonna open up i want to get you over to stovall i yeah. think you would be great for that middle school and you already know what happened i'm you know I, i'll touch on that in a second but yeah long story short the guy from stovall ended up retiring and um they approached me about the job and um and i was i was like yeah i'll take the job i'm cool yeah. And then Mr. Kovo comes over one day and he's like, hey, I think they're going to go in another direction with this yeah. job. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh, yeah. And um, and I'm not going to lie. It, it, I was, man, I was, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt. It hurt. And um, I'm like, I already told my principal I was going to leave. They're like, hey, you need to take this test, finish this test. I'm like, dude, I'm going to pass this test. That's not, I'm not yeah. worried about that. So long story short, they come back to me and say, hey, we want you. Yeah. I think the other guy passed on it. Yeah, they, you know, we're gonna give you this job. So I'm like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna get this job. And then July second, third, Coach Kovo calls me. He <laughs> said, hey, I need to have a meeting with you in the morning. So he pulls me in the office, and this guy I know, but I didn't know, is sitting in the office with me. 
um, Coach, was it Jenkins? I think it's Jenkins. They're like, hey, Coach Jenkins is going to be the athletic coordinator head coach. You're going to be the the um, sec- first assistant to him. It, I'm not going to lie. Kind of, it, it, yeah. it caught me off guard once again. Right. So that kind of blindsided me. But I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe it was meant for me to be his assistant and just learn. Because, you yeah. know, not many people. I'm the only guy that went from elementary to going right to middle school and would have been the coordinator. So I'm like, okay, sure. cool. Sure. Whatever you need, I'm going to do. So we go over to the school. He gets over there. He's looking at stuff. And you can tell he's not really digging stove all like that. But in my mind, I'm like, dude, I love this. This is great. We get to work with yeah. these kids. Yeah. They're the kids I had in elementary. Yep. Maybe a week later, he declines the job, takes a job at another district. And the principal calls me <sighs> yeah. and say, hey, it's your lucky day. Third time. Like this teacher of the year. Third time. Yep. You're going to be the athletic coordinator at Stovall Middle School. I was elated. I was a little teed off. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no I'm doubt. Like, no I doubt. Mean, you, remember, you know what I went through, man. Yeah. And, and it was like, but I just look at, man, when you have favor on you, when God is, in my personal opinion, it's just yeah. certain things happen for you for certain reasons. So once again, I've already experienced adversity in high school. Hey, man, we're going to take, we're going to take on this Stovall job. We're going to do what we can. And, um, and, and, and that's how I did it, man. We went to Stovall. We worked those kids. We worked with them. We worked. And you know, for a fact, we, we, you know, I, Everybody sees Jones. They look at old Coach Butler's at Jones. Nothing's oh, yeah. Changed. I can't wait to talk about that part. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, but nothing's changed. When I was at Stovall, the same mindset that I have right now is the same expectations. One of my biggest quotes is kids change, expectations don't. Yeah. And I mean that. Kids change. Every year, I have different group of seventh graders. Like I tell my coaching staff, okay, guess what? Kids get one year to be in seventh grade. And it's up to us to make it the best year that they have. We're going to have yeah. 10, 12, seventh grade classes, but they get one time to be a seventh grader. So yeah. let's make this their best chance or their eighth grade year or their sixth grade year. Let's do that. We're going to have multiple seventh grade classes, multiple eighth grade classes, but they get one opportunity to be there. So let's make sure that we do this and make it the best for them. So long story short, Stovall, we worked hard. We busted our tail and Aldi decided to do an expansion. And they said, hey, we're going to open up three new, three new middle schools. I just put my name in the hat. And um, Jones Middle School. But, I mean, honestly, when we were at Stovall, we did things that people were not expecting. I mean, my first year, they had some of the top dogs, your plumbers, your Shotwells, your Hoffmans. Um, I get to Stovall, things that never happened. Play plumber, the head coach comes up to me. He's like, hey, this team is different. Yeah. These kids are fighting. They're playing. They even, they're lining up in the right places. No disrespect to anybody that was there before me. He's just talking about when I got there. Yeah. It was like, hey, these kids, so those 42 nothings became 13 zeros. Yeah. 13 sevens. Yeah. 14 sixes. You know, it wasn't that 42, 33, zero, 28, zero. Some of the things I'm a proud of, and I'm, no disrespect to Hoffman, but we beat Hoffman. Yeah. At eight grade 18. Yeah. 16 to six. That doesn't happen at a school. Love it. Yeah. You know, we beat a shot well. Our eighth grade B beat shot well. My eighth grade ended up losing 14 to 7. That doesn't happen at Stovall. Because they look yeah. at our school as being a soccer school. Right. Those kids work hard. They play hard, but they need the right coach to That's right. them and get them in those right directions. I'm telling you, man, these kids want to play sports. So you can't go in with that mindset, oh, I need this particular kid to be successful. No, no, no. No, no. They need a certain kind of coach. To be successful. No, man, I couldn't. Man, I got a lot to unpack on that. You said so many good things. For one, about, you know, that connection with Mr. Stewart that you had at HR. Like, I had a yeah. similar experience where my first principal that hired me, 
uh, Clements, Mr. Moran, he's now the yeah. superintendent at Waller ISD. Wow. He was my assistant principal at Austin High School. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you you can, by networking and having some of those things, because it, it, it's it's all about trust. Yes. Right? It's all about trust. Yes. They know it's someone they can trust. You know, that, that's going to give you a big leg up. Man, shout out to Coach Crawford for getting you into that system. That was a huge benefit to me, you know, yes. in the time that I was there. But a lot of things, you know, about that, like that whole experience that you went through, that was painful. I mean, I was I was pained having to have those conversations with you. And it's kind of one of those feelings of like, it's kind of like, you know, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard coach LaFavors, the head coach at Ridgepoint kind of make this analogy before where it's like, sometimes you, you have that, 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 that partner that just loves you and they're a good person, but you kind of want the shiny thing. And you, keep, <laughs> you keep passing over this potential great person, yeah. you know, that's going to be great, but you want like this, this new yeah. hotness or whatever. And yeah. that's kind of what yeah. happened to you that, yeah. you know, all, we, I guess we had you the whole time. You were there the whole time, right under our nose. And just whether it's experience or things on a piece of paper, yeah. I'm just a big, I'm a big fit guy. Yeah. If you can find the right fit, sometimes yes. little things on a paper doesn't necessarily matter. And yes, you took maybe what you'd call an unconventional path, but I think it's actually really good because you have a lot of varied experiences. So yes. I was definitely trying to make those points made, but sometimes, you know, you know how it is like decisions are decisions and, um, that mistakes were made, and it ended yeah, you know, I appreciated you the whole time because you were straight yeah. with me. Yeah, you, you never sugarcoated anything. You were straight, so but, I, I really appreciate that. But again, you. like we talked about, uh, you know, with your your coach, Coach Howarth. Yeah. At that point, after getting passed over two times, you would have been well within your rights to say, "Kick rocks." You yeah. know, no, I'm yeah. out. You, you know, yeah. honestly. Yeah. You didn't want me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you, I, I know you, you mentioned, you, so I, I think I know the answer because you're, you're a man of faith and you just, you felt like that these trials and tribulations were all part of something greater, but yes, was did, that had to be hard, I guess. To, to it, it was very hard um, yeah. simply because I had already told my elementary principal that, Hey, yeah. I'm going to be moving over to the middle school. Um, you know, and just, just knowing that in your mind, these people thought you weren't good enough. Right. You know? Right. Not trying to be funny. There was not people knocking down their doors to be a snowball like that. Yeah, I'm just being honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I got to hit my lights. Real. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll narrate while you're doing that, Coach. And what you know, okay. one thing, one thing that? that really stands out to me, and like I, I look at myself and Aldine. I loved every minute of it. There were certain administrative things that I didn't love, you know, that burned me out. But at the end of the day, I looked at that. That first year, we had a win like that, like what you did. Uh, you know what you did against Shotwell that you're talking yes. about. Like, we we were a two and a football team, but we beat Nimitz. Yes, they went to the playoffs. Yes, and so I always I say, man, like even though we were a two and a football team, that win against Nimitz was one of my proudest moments of my entire exactly. coaching career. We really did everything right. Had a great, great week of practice, great preparation. We won the penalties, the turnovers, and we exactly. were tougher in a rainstorm exactly. on a Saturday afternoon. And so yes. we stole that game from them. Andrew Davis, who you know well, Andrew Davis, yes. our star player, got an interception yes. in the end zone as they were about to take the lead back. Andrew Davis, who had also rushed all over the place. I actually nominated him for Houston Chronicle Player of the Week, and he won it for yes. his, his yes. efforts. He was but, a stud. Yeah, he's a stud, you know, and, and they earned it. We earned it. And yes. you always look back on those moments. And even the next year, we went 0-10, Coach, you know, mm -hmm. but we were – out of everybody in district who scored the most points against Westfield that year, yeah. Aldine yeah. did. Yes, yes. Just think <laughs> about Howard that. on that little that little stretch fake, and, and then just hitting Bates on on that little seam route. We hit him twice for two big touchdowns. But That's you huge. know, I guess my point being, when I look back at that last year at Aldine, we didn't win a game on any level, mm -hmm. and I think 
I don't remember Stovall's exact record, but I know obviously we, we weren't piling up wins in our feeder either. Yeah. And yeah. I, at that point, I just felt like I'd failed as a leader. And so that's one thing that we got to talk about in a show like this and coaches are listening, like yes. all yes. of us and someone like you that's achieved so much, like we all fail. Yes. And at that point I felt I'm just like any coach. I was hard on myself and I felt like I'm not the right person. Like you yeah. said, they need the right coach. And I agree with you. And yeah. I, you know, I may have done certain things in my career that were great at certain places, but mm-hmm. I just felt at that moment, like I'm not, I'm not getting everything I can. I'm trying, I've tried my way, but it, it's not working. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. And mm-hmm. so I was happy when, when they kept it inside that, that you know, and, and coach Semler took over and I, I know he poured his heart out and there were yeah, so many did. great things that happened over yeah. the next couple of years, you know, and yeah. to Corey Howard's just career yeah, and going on to yes. TSU, which I know we yes. both go to those games from time to time, yes. but yes. And now they have another guy that I know well, and they went outside. But I, I told, I texted great Dre Thompson the moment I saw it. I said, "You made a great hire with Cirillo Ojeda." But like you yeah. talked about, it's all about yeah, Coach Ojeda's just doing I love great him. things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, met him a long time ago. Yes, and yes. he's been an episode. He's been a guest on our Team Player Podcast. But yeah. just to circle it back to you, mm-hmm. I always knew when I saw those things that were happening at Stovall, and the way that you were working them, and the results happening, I felt like. Yes, I'm leaving athletics, you know, as an administrator. So I won't ever have this ability again to make these decisions. But I look for the guys that are overachieving with less. That's my personal opinion. Yes. We've all been in situations where when we have better talent, we look like better coaches. Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And so when you were doing those things at Stovall and winning games you weren't supposed to win, and suddenly the kids are playing a pride and playing hard, like, to me, it's a no-brainer. And I'm so happy that once an opportunity came, and and this is nothing against – Stovall, but mm-hmm. I think I think everyone in the district would agree. You know, just the, the wins are hard, very hard to come by there mm-hmm. in, in certain sports, right? Yes, yes. I always felt like if Coach Butler were given just and just a slightly, you know, slightly more talented roster, like the yeah. sky is the limit because he he gets kids to believe, and so yeah. now it's it, it's the same thing, right? It's improving from going winless to winning a game to this. To, yes. you know, Bobby yes. Bowden had a, a famous old quote: "You go first, you lose big, and then you lose close." Yes. And you win close and then finally you win big. That's what yes. you've done if your coach of your career, my friend. And so yes. it was a no-brainer to me. Whenever you went to Jones and I, uh-huh. I started seeing some of the things that were happening, I said, I this is not shocking. I yeah. could have <laughs> told you this. Man. So talk about that, what I talked about, just as far as like when you get a fresh start in a fresh environment, and mm-hmm. what did that do for you and your career? And and did did you know? Did you did you kind of feel like hey? we're going to, we're going to, we're going to wreck shop here. Or did you, or did you not? I mean, I'm curious your thought process going into your, your start at Jones. Okay. So let me tell you. So before they started building the schools, they, they, you know, it was rumors that they were going to open up three new schools. And I said, well, and I looked at where they were at and they broke ground out here with some trees. Yeah. And I haven't told a lot of people this. I came out here and I prayed and I asked God, I said, man, if this school is for me, it's going to be for me. Yeah. And I said, um, you know, I just I prayed about it and I prayed and I prayed. And long story short, the next year, Mr. Pruitt, who was the principal, because I didn't tell the principal over there, you know, it was kind of kept under wraps because, you know, how things can happen when people don't truly want you to leave. Right. You know, as far as refer references and all that stuff. So I kind of interviewed under under the radar in the same district, but under the radar. And once everyone found out, I had already got the job. Because yeah. we interviewed in front of all three principals for the new school. So it was almost like a uh, a panel interview, yeah. a group interview. All three principals for all three new schools were there. And they basically got a pick of the litter. Hey, which one do yeah. you want? Which one you yeah. think will be a great fit for that school? And I ended up getting a call or a text from Mr. Pruitt, who's the principal, 
um, at Jones Middle School now. And he texted me, he said, welcome to Jones. You are now our new athletic coordinator at Jones Middle School. So I was elated about that, you know, and, um, you know, once news broke, a lot of people were a little saddened by that and everything. Sure. But I, um, sometimes you have to, I hate, I don't, I hate to say it like this. Sometimes you have to pull a Deion Sanders. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do what's best for you. You know, very um, great analogy. You know, I think I see so many posts from my friends on social media talking about all the things that Dion did for JSU, you know, and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. gave so much to Stovall. They always say, leave a place better than you found it, brother. You, you did yeah. that in space. I mean, you, there's no doubt about that. So and, sometimes, yeah, you have because that, that that's the crazy thing, Lorenis, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You could have done a 30 year coaching career at Stovall, changed lives, won games you weren't supposed to win. But at the end of the day, the record would have not validated you no one and no one would remember outside you know what i mean yes. and yes. i think about that yeah. with mike leach who recently passed uh, away i, I saw yeah. a post that Mississippi state yeah yeah his winning percentage it's below 60 percent. i believe like the threshold to make the hall of fame is 60 percent. wow and it's just one of those things where like yeah he's never been at like you know a top flight program of all the best players in the country yeah. but he's a great coach and great so that's coach. texas that, tech washington great coach that's the part that kind of like there's so many great coaches under the radar yes because because we're so focused on win, wins and losses, that's what we're judged yes. by. Yes. Nobody would know. And so that's why, as much as I love what you were doing there, I was happy because I kind of felt like for the first time, you would really get an opportunity to be on the biggest stage and show show, show everyone that what we already knew in our feeder, you could show everybody. It, <laughs> you know, in, awesome. in, in, in so many words, when I got that call and an opportunity, when everything happened in my heart, you know, I was, I had, you know, I, I tried not to hold any resentment for yeah. getting that job, but I was like, you know something, this was an opportunity for me to choose my steps. Yeah. Now I don't have anybody dictating it for me. Yeah. You know, those two or three chances, it was almost like it was dictated because these other two guys wasn't really feeling it. Y'all, right. okay, we're going to go with him. But this time I had an opportunity where I chose to go and make a change. And I mean, when I tell you, I, I mean, my staff, that was, I love everybody. I love the kids because I had been working on airline for almost 10, 12 years. Yes. Those were all my kids. They would leave yeah. elementary. I would see them in middle school. And, you know, y'all had them in high school, you know. And so a lot of them, some of these seniors there now are kids that I had when they were in <laughs> kindergarten and first grade. So it was hard when yeah. I broke the news. I'm going to be honest with you. When I broke the news to a kid, one of the kids, Jonah Wilson, who, you know, yeah. D1 right now. When I broke that news to those kids at that school that time, he was in seventh grade at the time. I cried. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. I cried when I broke that news. Damien, Paredes, all those kids. I cried yeah. when I told them that I was leaving. And, but, you know, but it was, that's just how hard it was. But I knew that there was something better in store for me. And, you know, get to Jones and, hey, man, there's so much I can say about Jones since I've been sure. here. But, um, I mean, did you have something before I start talking about Jones? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's tell us because it's obviously yeah. I, I read the list. I almost, I almost, uh, I had to take a break halfway through. Okay. I was dehydrated, okay. but it's so long. But, so, no, man, you won everything. Tell us, tell us what it's been like. So first, first year at Jones, we implemented a playoff system in Aldine ISD. Yeah. This was our first year when I got to Jones. So we implemented top four schools, top four um, football programs. They gonna play in the playoff, and yeah. it's one through four C. One plays four, two plays three. First year at Jones, I get the a, I coach the A grade group. These are kids who were at Teague the year before. So they were seventh graders at Teague. Don't know these kids from any anybody. Get them A grade year, A grade A team, and we go, I think, seven and one. We lose one game that year. We go to the playoffs. Um, first, like I said, don't know anything about these kids. Mm-hmm. 
there's a kid that, you know, who's on that A great team that some people might have heard of, Corey Huff. Corey Huff was a was a Baylor True. He was part of that, that group. Hard hitting safe. This is my yes. first group A graders. We go to this playoff game and we play Plummer, which I think is the number one seed at the time. They're the number yeah. one seed. We play Plummer. We lost the game eight to zero. Okay. The coach tells me after the game, y'all held us to the lowest points that we've got held to all year long. Mm-hmm. One player scores for Plummer Middle School that game. His name is Elijah Fields. He is number 99 for the North Shore Mustangs defensive tackle, who actually won defensive wow. player of the year this year. So you're talking about Minkus winning off, I mean, coach of the year, this kid, Elijah Fields, he was the plumber running back slash defensive end, defensive tackle. He scored the only touchdown against us that year. That's how I'm telling you yes. what happened that first year. Yeah. You have a kid who's another future D1 athlete. He scores the only touchdown on a defensive breakdown. Yeah. Eight to zero. First year at a brand new school. Everybody else was seasoned coaches at their schools. Yeah. I'm the only one out of the new schools that took their team to the playoff. Yeah. But we end up losing that game eight to zero. So I think at that time it gave those kids some faith in me. Yeah. I never, I didn't bring any coaches with me. Everybody that coached with me were brand new coaches that I've never met before. Yeah. But my staff, man, I, I have to give a shout out to my yeah, staff. Please. Coach, Coach Green, one of my girls' coaches, Coach C, Coach Johnson, yeah. Coach Holloway. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I had some great, great coaches, Coach yeah. Roberts, Coach Jackson. Even on my guy coaches, Coach Burnham, Coach Rogers, Coach Stewart, Coach Marks, Coach Banks, Coach Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I tell y'all my staff that I had started off, and if I didn't say anything, I apologize. Sure, but yeah. when I tell you, man, the staff that I that we started five years ago with, a lot of them never coached before. Right. They believed in the vision. Yeah. They followed, you know, the things that I would say or the things that I would do. I mean, and even going back to when I was at Stovall, man. Coach Fowler, Coach Bowie, you know, these guys, yeah. Coach Ayala, you know, Coach Ayala's my oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Rogelio, Ayala's absolutely. My guy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. one of my guys right there. You know, Coach Mouton Taylor, rest in peace, man. I'm telling you, yeah. man, these are people who made tremendous impacts. Coach Seeley, you know, and even after I left, they got some great coaches in. But my, my when people see the things that, you know, they say Coach Butler, Coach Butler, no, no, man, it's the staff. That's right, yeah. That I have. Yeah. You know, the administration, the people that I work with that helped me to be who I am. You know, y'all don't understand the work that, you know, those Saturday practices, those Friday night practices, those Labor Day practices. Like I tell my kids, man, when everybody else is asleep, we're eating. We're going to work. So, you know, long story short, we opened it up, you know, those years ago. We were the only brand new school that went to the playoff that year. So we're building this program because I always had an idea of how a program should be run, of how I wanted our program to be. I don't care how good athletes you are. If you're acting up in that class, you're not playing. Yeah. You know, because guess what? We're going to believe in next person up. Because yeah. I'm not going to be that coach because this kid is a stud. I'm going to look past things that he do. No, no, man, I'm trying to prepare you for high school. I always tell my coaching staff, we're preparing these kids for high school. I'm not preparing them for college. Yeah. Not preparing them. We're preparing them for the next level. So we're going to do the things to prepare them for the next level. When they get to high school, coaches should be preparing them for college. And when they're in yeah. college, they should be getting prepared for the league or manhood or womanhood. Yeah. So we um we we work with these kids and that that first year those kids believed in us, and I end up coaching. I said, well, I'm gonna coach the eighth grade boys um football, but I'm gonna do seventh grade basketball because I didn't it, I wouldn't have gotten my hands on the kids. Right. So long story short, my first three years at Jones Middle School, I never lost a basketball game. Wow. So 
we went, I think, 30 and 0, took some kids over to the spring ISD tournament. We yeah. won. So yeah. we're going against those spring kids. Yeah. And McCullough Middle School, who is a Conroe school. Yep. We tore all of them up. So I'm trying, I'm, I'm planting seeds with our kids. Like, hey, man, just when y'all get to high school, these kids were not that much better than y'all. But y'all have to believe. I'm just yeah. being honest with you. When I look at this stuff, it's a mental thing with a lot yeah. of our kids. Oh, right. they see Westfield. I went to Westfield. I know what it is. Yeah. It's a mental thing. Just because you see that red and black, we're automatically going, no, man, you have to believe you're going to beat them. Yeah. So basketball-wise, we're killing it. Football-wise, we killed it. So I say three years ago, this is what really, and this is, we've been here five years, but three years ago, that right around COVID time, I think it clicked for everybody in our district. We win that championship, our seventh grade A team, our eighth grade B team, win the church first championship. Yeah. They beat this Garcia team with a kid named Dion LeBlanc. He's a he got I, off as a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he went to Garcia. I don't know if you know his name's Dion LeBlanc or DeBlanc, something like that. Okay. Yeah. He's a he's a D one stud. He's at yeah, Garcia yeah, yeah. now. He was at Garcia. We beat them our first year with they were beating my team. I want to say, Coach, it was 27 to 14 with three minutes left in the game. Wow. Eight-team championship. Yeah. This group of seven graders, I'm going to put it like this. The coach over there, I'm not going to say his name, was doing the, the double-check, state form double-check symbol <laughs> at <laughs> halftime pointing at me. I'm not going to say any oh, name. Okay. Doing the, the double-check pointing across at me like, hey, we can got this in the bag. Wow. This group of seven grade 18 kids came back and won that game like 28-27, threw a touchdown with 12 seconds left, onside yeah. kick, got it back, yeah. drove yeah. down, end up winning the first championship, football championship eight at Jones Middle School three years ago, being down 27 to like 14 with three minutes left in the game, came back and beat Garcia Middle School. Wow. I think that point was the turning point for our kids and our, 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 our school as a whole because yeah. the very next year that same group of kids went undefeated. Yeah. So that group of seventh graders never lost a football game or a basketball game. Yeah. The whole time they were at Jones. Wow. And the other kids saw that. So this past year, I had another group of eighth graders who were seventh graders when that group was eighth graders. Yeah. Ooh, they might have won one or two games, but they got to me. I didn't. I mean, lost maybe one or two games. We got there last year. We get into the playoffs. We played Teague. We end up beating them nineteen to zero. Go to the championship. We meet Shotwell. It's thirty-two to zero in the second quarter. It's a mindset. Yeah, they believe, believe now. They, they believe, believe they're supposed to win every. They year. believe so. It's an expectation. Yeah. yeah. So they get in. Hey man, we're, we're gonna do this. That same group of kids go from A grade A football, go to A grade A basketball, and win the championship yeah. in basketball against yeah. Hoffman. So now we go into track season. You have four championships in, in track. Girls seven A, yeah. I mean, well, girls seven grade, boys seven grade, um, eight grade, and um, girls eight grade. Yeah, we swept all four track district championships last year. Yeah, so we won clean sweep. I don't know if it's ever been done, but we won all the track championships last year. That's I awesome, man. Tennis. We lose tennis championship by one point, boys oh, and girls. I love it. You won one all. Point. Yeah, one point, and I've never coached tennis a day in my life. Yeah. But it's a belief. These yeah. kids who usually play football, basketball, track, they come in and learn in the game of tennis. Yeah. So I'm just saying that to say that, you know, and this was last year. And then we come in this year. I'm an eighth grade coach. I said, man, you know something? I want to do seventh grade this year. 
Yeah. So I said, hey, I'm going to go down and do seventh grade. Had to hire her brand new staff because a lot of my coaches end up getting better opportunities. So I had a yeah, that, that's that. a test. You're, you're, you're starting to develop a tree. So now there's a there's a coach, Lorenis Butler Thomas tree. It's growing. Hey, it's four of us in P.E. I'm yeah. the only one that's still here. I have right. three new brand new coaches. Yes, so we go in seventh grade this year. I coached a seventh grade. A. Sign of success, yeah. man. Love it. Hey, yeah. we come back again. We win the seventh grade A championship. We win the seventh grade B football championship and we win the eighth grade B championship. We won three out of the four district football championships this yeah. year. And one of our volleyball teams won the um, volleyball championship. So right yeah, now awesome. we have four out of the eight possible championships for the district this year. So, so you got you got it going now. Now you mentioned Garcia Middle School. I, I take it that's a new one because I don't recognize that was that. a new one. Was that's Garcia, one of the new ones. Yeah, Garcia is um they got kids from Shotwell and Hoffman. It's over there off 249 Veterans Memorial area. Okay. Going back that way, Garcia, and then there's a new one called Mead, which is over there on the Hambrick side. And so I take it your Jones kids go to a mixture Nimitz. of Nimitz and Ike, maybe? Or um, my kids Nimitz. are 100 percent Nimitz. 100 Nimitz. Yeah, because our school is actually back out here by Deerbrook Mall, which okay. is basically in Humble. We actually have an Humble address. We're the farthest um, school in Aldine. Our way out here in, in Umble. We have so, so Ryan Niblett must have moved then or something. Because well, I, I thought you listed Niblett. Niblett and I, I know he went to Ike's. That's why I was confused. I had him at Bussy. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had Ryan. Sense. So, Ryan, you know who Ryan Niblett is. Oh, I know He's Ryan Niblett. I, I, I broadcast many games out there at Thorne. I definitely know Ryan Niblett. <laughs> so, I got Ryan when he was in kindergarten. Oh, and awesome, um, at five years old, I said, man, this is something, this is something about this kid. And I He's took him to punch pass and kick in third grade. And I was like, man, he won it. I was like, man, when I get to Stovall, because I knew I was going to Stovall yeah. just around the same time. I was sure. like, man, it's going, man, it's going down. We get to Stovall. He ends up going to Plumber Middle School. Sure, yeah. And I'm playing against him in that playoff game. For all the Texas Longhorn fans listening, you're about to find out who Ryan Niblett is. And I think, oh, man. I think hey, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Great but, uh, athlete, but even a better kid. That's what <laughs> I always hear. And oh, also, uh, Coach Earl Westbrooks was one of my early guests. Yes, he was yes. the D.C. at Nimitz, and now he's at Davis. Yes. He he loves him some Corey Huff, and so do I. I remember oh, it, I did a game where Nimitz was playing against Maid Creek, and Maid Creek had some star wide receiver safety that was going to Texas. And so everybody was talking about it before the game. I My first time seeing Nimitz, at the end of the game, I walked off saying, Corey Huff's the best player on this field, I feel like, because he was laying hat. Man, he was so good. And Coach Coach Westbrooks verified everything that I thought when I talked to him in, in his episode. But, oh, well, man. Coach, I could talk to you about this all day, but I, yeah. I got another important question for you. I always ask this question. Yeah. You know, I coached for 11 years, and now that I do broadcasting, I can kind of see things. I'm, I'm a little bit more, like, in the stands. You know, when you're on the sideline, you're busy, and, you know, you're, you're focused on the game. But, like, now I'm in the stands, and sometimes I see bad stuff, Coach. You know, I see, I see parents that are just, to me, focused on the wrong things. Yes. Um, you kind of alluded to this, but we all have a job. I yeah. love that you get, and all high school coaches want to hear this from their from their their uh, middle school feeder. It's preparing the kids for high school. Yes, you know, and you get it. And yes. so what happens is a lot of parents don't get the stages of things, or maybe yes. select ball coaches, or they say, you know, and it's all about like getting the scholarship. But there's a process. You got to take there's one step at a time. I, and you were talking about that, uh, yeah. Coach Carmen Solis Martinez, another one of my guests, said that there's four jobs in every game. Player, mm -hmm. coach, official, and fan slash yes. parents. The parents' job is to support. Yes. And so many times I go to these games and coach, it's not support that I'm seeing. You no. know, it, it's it can be real negative and not, whether it's directed at the coach, whether it's directed at the officials, whether it's directed at kids on the floor, like talking yes. about other kids and stuff. And yes, yes. 
I need your help with that. I understand that, that these parents, that they, they, they love their kid. That's why they're behaving like this. They love their kids so much. They just want their kid to succeed. And I, I understand the root of it, but I always say that's not helping your kid. That kind of behavior at a sporting event is not helping. And so I want to hear from you because you, you've, you've taught little kids, middle mm-hmm. school, high school. You've been all these different levels. You've been so successful. Help, if any parents are listening, what advice would you give from your experience and how parents can best help their children be successful and have the best experience? For us, speaking from my experience, that's why parent meetings are so important. Yes. You have to have parent meetings. And I say that for every sport. You can't have the okay, whatever the football expectation was, now it's basketball season. Right. No, no, no. That coach needs to meet with those parents. So from a parent, you know, when I started, I used to have parents come up about playing time. Sure. Um, well, why, 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 why my child is not at this position? Okay, number one, this is not little league. Because if your child is have bad behavior, not passing his classes, he yes. can still play on that Saturday. Yep. But guess what? With us, we don't play that. I love it. I love we it. We don't play that. Because I know a lot of y'all allow y'all get these phone calls all week long about your little Johnny, and little Johnny is suiting up on Saturday morning. And can That's I not- can I interject on one thing, Coach? And this yeah. is why this is why you're winning. Because so many times coaches may be tempted because they want to win this big game coming up. They're gonna let things slide, and maybe yeah. it's gonna help you win in that moment. But you're opening up all kinds of problems that are gonna hurt you down the line. It's gonna lead to losses. So what you've done is you're not tolerating it. And so now all of your players are held to a higher standard. They're getting even better and better. So I, I just wanted to say that that's huge. What you're doing real, real quick aside, we're getting ready to load the bus for the a grade B championship this year. Counselor sends me the list of everyone who's on the failure report. One of our studs yeah. is on the failure report. One of my coaches coach, he's on the failure report. Well, what are we going to do? He's going to have to go home. Yeah. But coach, I don't, we know that's the thing. I know, you know. Yeah. Now, now we're held accountable. Love it. And guess yeah. what? That team went up beating that team that day that they had lost to two weeks ago for the championship. There you go. Without that stud kid. So sometimes you have to understand that, hey, whether we're going to win or lose, it's about doing it the right thing. Like, if we're going to teach accountability to my kids, one of my biggest things is character. Character doing the right thing when no one's looking. Yeah. That That's my biggest thing. Doing yeah. the right thing when no one's looking. So if we're going to teach that to our kids, us as adults and mentors and role models, we have to believe that too. So once again, I've had parents come up to me right after a game. That, but when I talk to the parent one-on-one, you find out it's other things going on behind the scenes. There you go. That's what, but that's what a lot of coaches, no, no, I don't, I've never dismissive of a parent. Never. That's one thing. Can you, can you tell me, cause I'm intrigued by what you just said. Whenever you talk to the parent, there's other things going on behind the scenes. I actually want to know this. Like, what what is happening? Like, what what is happening? So, You're, there's something stressing the parent that's making them act out like that, or so, what? So, for instance, I had a situation one year when I was coaching basketball. The dad came up to me after game about why his son's not really playing. Da da this, da da that. And so I talked to him and I said, "Hey, man, your son doesn't come to practice like that. Yeah, um, your son hardly knows the things that we're trying to do." And then he's like, well, you know something? Because he came at me left. He came sideways. Yeah, like sure. He was coming to check me. Yeah. But after we talked, he said, man, you know, I apologize. I just got out. Yeah. I haven't really yeah. been there for my son. So I'm here I am trying to figure, be that guy. But now that you've told me, and he starts crying. Yeah. He's like, man, I just want to be there for my son. But I didn't know he wasn't coming to practice like that. I just know that his mom says he's not playing. But she didn't tell me that he doesn't. she doesn't bring him to yeah. practice. 
you know, that type of thing. Another situation this year where the parent thought I said something, and this was game day. And I said, yeah. man, I'm doing something. I have a game going on. I said, we can talk about this another time. Well, I'm just going to take my son and go, go ahead and take him. Because guess what? We're going to be all right. Yeah. Takes your son. Two days later, the son comes up to me, coach, can I come back? I want to play. Kids stayed on and got him a championship ring this year. Yeah. Because sometimes, hey, man, mom and dad doesn't always know right because mom and dad never had to suit up. Yeah. Mom and daddy didn't have to come up here on a Saturday morning and right. go through the blood and tears and understand this is a team game. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. So long story short, there are a lot of parents who have these ulterior motives or have these other things going on. But once they realize, hey, the boat's going to still keep going. We're going to keep rowing with or without your child. Now you can get on with us or not. So I just think a lot of them, after you've built a program and a foundation and the parents believe in you and they know that you have their kids' best interests at heart, it makes everything so much easier. Hey, man, man, coach, you're all about north side football, but there's a program on the south side that I love and respect so much, the Marshall Buffaloes. Yeah. From my head, my good friend, James Williams. Yeah. They have, a, they have a saying called bus moving fast. And that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what you said. The bus is the bus moving fast. Get on and get off. Yeah, and that has led to such a high level of expectation there. I love walking into that field house. Yes. Talk about high school kids that feel like they're collegiate kids. That's oh, how man. it feels. And so we know about those buffaloes there yeah. in that track program. It's yeah. ridiculous. That's right. Coach Banks, the, the leading the track program, uh, his, his, his right hand man, Coach Chop, my good friend, you know, that they're, gotcha. they're doing a good job over there, man. So, yeah, I just love it. And at the, at the same time, though, you didn't just blow that parent off. You oh, communicated clearly. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. And by the end of the year, that dad came up to me and he was like, hey, with, with that one of those little boys, he was like, hey, man, we appreciate you. We got us one. And that kid ended up being an integral part. But he wasn't playing that day. We beat that team 21-0. They realized yeah. maybe they don't need my son. They're going to be all right without him. Yeah. So either your son can get with us because, like I said, I will never. And this is something I, I believe in simply because of my experience. I'm never going to talk down on a child. Yeah, because you never know what that child's going to turn out to be. Just because he's a seventh grade D teamer now, you never know if he's going to become that NFL player, that NBA player, that track star, yeah. that tennis player, that swimmer. You know, whatever. You never know what a kid right. is going to be. I'm never going to crush a kid's dreams. You know, hey, you want to try out for um, running back? Go ahead and try it. And I know you're really an offensive lineman, but that's <laughs> one thing that I do. I didn't tell you every year. I always give kids an opportunity to try out for a position. Whatever I like want. that. So that goes back to that's your experience. Yes, you wanted the chance to try out for safety instead of getting put a defensive end. Yes. There yes, you go. Give me an opportunity to try. I love it. I love that. But we do Why this not? Every Why day. not? The first day of spring ball or practice, whatever. Why not? Try every out where, day. you know, and then we'll find you. We're going to get you in the right spot. Trust your every coaches. Year. We're going to get you in the right Thank spot. Thank you, a quarterback. Yeah. We're going to put you with those quarterbacks. You're going to try out for it. And I'm going to give you a chance. Now, hey, now we're going to race. We're going to look for the kids who can. But this gives them an opportunity. Then they look at that symbol like, oh. They're I gonna, love they, it. Basically, they're going to eliminate themselves. I don't think I'm ready for that. And especially for young kids. I mean, I high guess. school, maybe you got to be, in my opinion, even in high school, why yes. not? Why not the first yes. two days of practice? Well, you know, why not? <laughs> you never know. You might find I'm, a diamond in the rough. Look I'm, at you. You were playing exactly. defensive end, and then you became the lead star safety. Yes. You know? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But we do this every year with all our kids. Whether if they play one position in seventh grade, and eighth grade, you want to try this different position? Hey, man, I'm going to be opportunity to try out for this position. And we do this every year. And, I, and it, for me, it gives the kid ownership of, yeah. to, to, of what they're doing and what we're trying to do. It gives you an ownership to say, hey, at least he did give me an opportunity. Now I'm going to do this because I'm not ready for this. Hey, man, I'm all in. Coach, man, I could talk to you about this all day, but you know that you've shared all these gems with us. But now we're going to get to the fun part. 
Yes, sir. This list you gave me of famous people you've met, <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not going to read all of them because it. I don't think you. You said they're going to shut down the school at 5:30, so I can't read this whole list. But I'm just going to buzz through some big names that I recognize, and I may miss yeah. some that, that are famous that I don't know. But I'm just going to buzz through some of these, and then we'll talk about it at the end. But okay, of course, I've heard. Of, I remember Lee Mays at UTEP, and he played for the Steelers. It's yeah. one of your high school teammates. Yeah. Um, a couple other guys here. Um. Ed Oliver, we both yeah. know, we all know Ed Oliver playing for yeah. the Bills now. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hugo, he's my same age. Yes, I remember him, class of 02, Spring Weather, the six with the Colts. Yep, he played with the Colts, man. He now he's into cycling. I see him on Facebook. He's all lean yeah. now. And he right, he puts on those suits and goes cycling all over the place. Yes, sir. Steve Wisniewski, yeah. Raider, former Raider. Yeah. Former Raider, West, Westfield Mustang. Yeah, my, my Polish brother there, Wisniewski. <laughs> Tyree Cleveland. I played against him when he was at Northbrook. I coached against him at Ridgepoint when he was at Northbrook. And we yeah. we all knew this kid was special. And then he went to yeah. Westfield. And, went to, yeah, with the yeah. Denver Broncos now. Denver Broncos, Florida Gators, right? Yep, yeah, so Florida Gators. These are all so. some good ones. I'm skipping us so many because I just yeah. for the sake of time. But yeah. T-Mac. I yeah. saw your picture of T-Mac. That was, Tracy McGrady. That was pretty dope, man. Yeah. <laughs> Robert yeah. Reed, another NBA. Ray for Alston. Skip to my Lou. Yep, skip that's, to my that's Lou. That's pretty cool. Rashard Lewis, the Ailey Elsick legend. Yes. Yes, yeah, Rashard yes. Lewis, Chuck Hayes, my favorite man. Chuck Hayes, yeah. What was yep. his? He had a nickname like Grindhouse or something. I forget what it was, but he he was he, just he was tough. that hard nosed player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Singletary, the most intense Mike. eyes of a middle linebacker, Hall of Famer, Gold yep. Jacket, John Kitna, former John uh, Kitna. quarterback there in NFL, quarterback, Cincinnati Bengals, Cowboys. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin, the UH yep. Texas A&M legend, Texas man, A&M. doing yep, doing so many great things. Tom Herman, former Tom University Herman. of Texas coach. Charlie Strong, another Charlie former Strong. University of Texas coach. Yes, Let's see what going into pop culture. Little Wayne, a juvenile, you got on your Ludacris and Mike Jones. Jesus, how did you? Yeah, me and, me and Mike Jones, we all used to hang together. Doing no way. Time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get out of town, yes, man. Sir. One of my guests, Jason Campbell, uh, he he went to middle school for zero out oh, there wow. in Missouri City. So that's yeah, Missouri City. But you you re- you seem like. You really know these guys well. That's awesome that, that you, yeah. you've had so many connections. Okay, played against Dante Hall, Nimitz. Dante Hall. Dante, Dante Hall, Nimitz Davis. alum. A very proud yeah, Aldean graduate. David Boston. David Boston. The big Ohio man State. from Humble. Everybody knows him from that Charles Woodson situation. Got a fight with Charles. And I'm a big Michigan fan. So <laughs> okay. I love David Boston. I respect David Boston, but I'm, I'm team Charles on that one. Gotcha. Yeah, David <laughs> and then Boston. Funny small story, David Boston's dad. Uh, is an Austin College alum, which is my same small college. He played football at Austin College, and he's official wow. in the NFL. Yeah, so, official yep, in the David NFL. Boston's yep. dad was an NFL official. Yes, okay, sir. Jason Glenn. Jason that, Glenn. You know, he's out there. He's the AD at Willis, but he's Aaron yeah. Glenn's little brother. Yep, who and Aaron's the Detroit, Detroit Lions. Lions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason yeah, he's Glenn. a Nimitz alum. Nimitz, man. Nimitz put out several good ones. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben Gay. I remember him. He was spring, right? Spring high school. Spring high school. Ben Gay. I remember him. Just different. Uh, Just yeah. different. Rock oh, Cartwright. Rock Cartwright played for the Washington Redskins. That's what it was. Yeah. High school. He did, I think, 12 years with the Washington Redskins as their return specialist, kickoff return. Now, Bobby Gray, is that the famous Aldean quarterback? Famous Aldean quarterback. That's he right. I remember Bobby Gray, the, the sophomore. For the Chicago Bears. He, oh, ended wow. up, he ended up playing safety for the Chicago Bears. Did not know that. He, yeah, he ended up playing many years. Um, And I forgot to put on there, D.D. Lewis. D.D. Um, Lewis came and spoke at Aldean when I was there one year. Yeah, played for the Seattle um, Seahawks. Went to Texas Longhorns, yep. When they um, played against the Steelers for that Super Bowl. He actually played against Lee. So they met in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Jaquay Parker. Jaquay Parker. The Aldean Mustang, Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans, defensive end, yeah. Cedric Cormier. He he was the quarterback at um, North Shore. 
See, okay, then, that's what it was. Yeah, function. I knew that. Cedric, yeah, and he um he was he got played at Colorado, one of the fastest kids ever. David Givens, remind me on that one. David Givens, let me tell you who David Givens is. David Givens went to Notre Dame. He was the receiver slash utility knife of the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. He played that's receiver right. that's slash. Yep. Anything that they needed. David oh, yeah. Gibbons was one of their starting receivers. He went to Humboldt High School, went up to Notre Dame, and he played with the Patriots. I think he won either two or three rings with the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. With the Titans. That's David Givens. You coached yes. against Ed Oliver, and you've also coached against Jalen Hurts. I've also done that. And you can imagine that didn't end well for us. <laughs> the Jalen Hurts, it was like 62 to zero at halftime. We were playing yeah. Channel View. And at the time, you hear about this kid going to Alabama, and then you look up now, and he's this guy, an MVP candidate right now to this day, which is crazy. But yeah, we 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 played against him, coached against him in high school, and yeah, he he was he was a dude. <laughs> when I coached, is my first year at Alden. Okay, and it was so. This I'm gonna tell this little story, coach, and people are gonna laugh. If Dre Thompson listens to this, he's gonna laugh too, because like I was brought over from Ridgepoint. I was supposed to be a defensive mastermind from Ridgepoint. Yeah. Right? I was a defensive coordinator at Ridgepoint. We we had really good defense, and so. My first three games at Aldine, and th this is again making a mistake of we were trying to go two up tempo, and yeah. it, it can get the game out of hand. Yeah. Like first game we lose the strike, seventy to twenty three. Yeah, we scored twenty three points, but we gave up seventy. Gave then up, we lose you. to Oak Ridge, same thing, seventy to twenty two. Same, gotcha. <laughs> same thing. Hey, we scored three <laughs> touchdowns, but we're Conroe sixty seven twenty seven. The offense is working to an extent. It's we're scoring, but we're also putting you. our defense in tough spots. And then it got to 82 to 14. Coach Avarion Hurts beat us at Channel View, man. So I'm four games into this. I'm giving up like seven. I'm like, aren't you supposed to do the defense? <laughs> the defense is good. So, man, we had to start changing. And, and we did a good job adjusting as we went into the second year. We, we, we still used our scheme, but like slowed it down, yeah, ran definitely. the football, used the play clock. Yeah. So things got better. But yeah. I just always thought that was funny. And Coach Hurts apologized to me after the game. <laughs> I said, Coach. No, and this is serious for coaches, like as far as how yeah. to how to handle blowout. I said, Coach, you didn't do anything wrong. After this, you first after the first drive of the second half, you put all your backups in. You ran yeah. inside zone. You didn't yes. throw it. I mean, true. We got to stop you. Respecting and man, the Coach game. Hurts, he's such a good guy, man. I know he's so loved and well respected across the city. Hours later, that night, he calls me again. Wow. And he's just like, man, I'm just, I really hate the way that that game ended. I'm so, I'm sorry. And I said, Coach, it's all right, brother. Like. Wow. You did every, you did it all right. We got, we got, we got to stop you, you know, because those back, and I always feel this way. Those reserves that they practice hard all week. Yeah. Just because we're, we're having a struggle doesn't mean that they have to just take a knee. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they deserve yeah. to play hard too. True. So that's just a little coaching thing. Totally agree. Blowouts, totally there's agree. a certain way to handle it, but yeah. it's also, you cannot get mad at a team that's winning in those blowouts if they're doing it the right way. So totally agree. Totally yeah. Agree. Well, man, let's get back to your list. <laughs> there's more. Yeah. Uh, kids, okay, Ryan Niblett. We've already talked to him. The Eisenhower yeah, yeah, star, yeah. You talked about Jonah Wilson, yeah, yep. yeah. Jonah Wilson, we talked about Corey Huff. We talked about uh, yeah. let's I'm gonna go through these a little faster just because we're getting there's so many. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, no, no. we should move on to the next one because I know they're also the school's gonna shut down here in a 20 minutes or so. I, I, wanna, I don't want you to get really locked cool. in there. Okay, um, some kids that I've had recently, yeah, who are some names to look out for, man. Um, Kyle Morgan, okay, um, he, he's a basketball player at Summer Creek, Bryson Weefall. These are Who's yeah. who of kids right now that I've had at Jones? Jamar what about what about Anaya Richard Holmes? Was she one of your Same. she is at Nimitz, the guard. Right. Yeah, I've seen her. Is Same she your, is she Jones? Let me let me let me let me let me let me show her. I saw she that written. magazine picture. I thought that was her, the little middle school version. Did you see her in the middle? <laughs> yeah. That that's that's her. 
That's does, she, does she pronounce Richard or Richard? I think it's um Richard. I like to say Richard. Okay, cool. Anaya. Okay, but Anaya. man, yeah, she, she's the truth. And, well, I've been and playing one on one against her since she was in sixth grade, and that's she. Awesome. I, and that, but it's just, and that's the other thing about it, man. Having a relationship with the girls just as well as the guys. Absolutely, I love that's girls. Athletics, and I'm understand. all about it. Yeah, people don't understand, man. It's just not about the boys; it's about and the it, girls too. But I was just giving you a few yeah. of these kids to watch. Yeah, they Mal- um Malachi Augustus. He's at okay. Nimitz right now. Dominic yeah. Samuel. He's a starting guard for Nimitz. You're okay. gonna hear about him. He's one of my kids. Yeah. Same, it's so many kids who are gonna do great things, man. I, I totally believe that, and they're great kids. And great. last shout out there for Anaya though. Her her coach is Kendra Vanzant, who's one of our yes. another team player podcast. Yeah, over well. at Nimitz. Yep. Yeah, she's and, and we have a really good relationship day. with her. Really yep. good relationship with her with those kids because we're a hundred percent feeder to Nimitz. I love it. Love I, it, I love forgot it. she was over there at the ninth grade center too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah she, all right. She favorite did. teams. I'm gonna read through your favorite teams. Interesting. Okay, you, you're kind of a little bit all over the map. So I am. Uh, we're, we're do. It's an audio. It's an audio podcast. But I'm gonna share one screenshot. He does have a, a Romo and Dak Prescott jersey hanging in the background. So he's a Cowboys guy. He's a, he said it's because his dad, he, you know, his dad was a big Cowboys guy, but he also was Houston Oilers. So he was part of Love You Blue <laughs> before before the awful Bud Adams took him away from us. Uh, yes. Houston Rockets, Astros, yes. Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm, I'm a Michigan fan, so I don't love that one, but I love you, brother. So I'm, I'm going to let that <laughs> I'm gonna let that one go. Seminoles, I love that, man. Growing yeah. up in the 90s, yeah, they were yeah. the truth. They oh, were man. the – I remember you. at Austin High School, I don't know if you remember the name Devon Darling. He was a couple – maybe a yeah. couple years – Devon, Dar- Devon and Devar yeah. Darling are twins. Yeah. What they are twins or just ben brothers? Austin. Twin brothers. Yeah, I remember. Twin brothers, yep. Bobby Bowden came to our campus, and it was like – it's the it's the equivalent of, like, Nick Saban showing up today. Definitely. But, you know, everybody was just buzzed like Bobby Bowden. You know, Definitely. and uh, and unfortunately, yes. Devon passed away. Uh, he, he had a sickle cell trait, and yep. he did pass away at a Florida State. But his brother, yep. Devar, still runs uh, this thing called the And One Foundation, where he carries wow. on Devon's legacy. He raises money through various events. Like, I, I run in their 5K every year, you know, to I raise remember. money and stuff. So, I remember. Yeah. Yes, I remember. But that, that, that was the, the – I love the Seminoles. And then TSU. You know, we yeah. both have Ja'Cory Howard. It, yeah. Yeah, I'm a graduate of TSU. He man, showed man. out against against uh, Jackson State in that big game with Coach Prime coming to Houston. Yes. Corey, oh, my God, he sent me a clip. Special a kid. Yeah. Great yeah, kid. Great yes. kid. Great. I remember when he was coming in from eighth to ninth grade, we were like, he's doing his vertical, and we're like, it's this kid. Yeah. It's the man child. And Ja'Cory, you know, and you see this probably sometimes, Coach, on teams that are struggling, sometimes mm-hmm. you will see the star player goes to another school and yeah. i'm not here to i mean I, parents are making decisions where they want their where they want their kids and like i have a seven month old son now mm-hmm. we're moving out to katie you know gotcha. i want my son to be part of good football when I he totally grows understand. up you know, there's I, totally not, you know, understand. I get that but so totally many times understand. you see a, a situation for jacory there, there weren't a whole lot of wins he got to experience yeah. and I, I hate that the year that i was with him we went 0 and 10 and but i just remember talking to him about that and he he looked me in the eyes and he said coach i'm a mustang for life that's, and that's, that's he huge. meant it. That's he huge. meant it, man. He that's went huge. through those hard times when you know everybody on the defense knew he's getting the rock, and they're you know these are good physical defenses. And Ike and Nimitz just teeing off on him, but he yeah. he just kept coming back, man. He became one of the greatest players in all the high school history, which has obviously yes. incredible history. But yes. I I have so much respect for players that they're on losing teams, but you know that dude is a baller, and so that yeah. that's why I just love Jacory Howard, and I think that really prepared him that he had to be the man for so long, but he didn't, he kept a great attitude the whole yeah. time. He's a leader. Everyone in that campus loves him and is proud of him. And yes. we all, just years later, we still root for him over at TSU. And yes. anyhow, just, just for anyone listening, if players listen, 
that, that, that he did it the right way. So that's a great mm-hmm. example that even if you're losing, you, you still can achieve your goals. Yes. Become a collegiate. Still get, get somewhere and, and accomplish it. Yes. Yeah. No I doubt about that. So, man, so those are some good ones. So those are your favorite teams. I noticed you didn't list the Texans. That's the second one in a row. Coach Ayala was my guest before you. He yeah. also, he listed Oilers and he listed Titans. So he's still rocking up the Titans. He, he doesn't, he's not a Texans guy. You went kind of the other way. You went Oilers to Cowboys, which yeah. there's yeah. just not good feelings for the Texans right now, is it? Man, it's, it's hard, man. It's, yeah. You want to, you want to, but it's, 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 it's hard right now. It's yeah, hard. I understand. I understand. I'm with you, man. I could never, I never got too into it after the Oilers yeah. and I'm a Lions fan. Now I married into a Michigan family. So I'm, I'm embracing yeah, yeah. the Michigan Wolverines and the Lions. So that's, that's more my thing. I'm, I'm also a big Barry Sanders fan. You listed Barry Sanders, oh, favorite players. Oh, just for you, just for something that, that sits in there my There it office. is. Sits in oh. my office. It just seems like Barry always went off against the Buccaneers. I feel like always those crazy highlights. I think about those 280-yard runs. Yeah. Yeah, John Lynch. Yep, yep, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. You said you said Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Deion yes. Sanders, absolutely Deion. coach prime. Can't wait to see what he does at Colorado. When he came to the Cowboys, not when he was with San Francisco. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that distinction. Warren Moon. I'm rocking my uh my Colombian oh, powder blue. Warren oh, Moon man. here for you. Mike Allstott. Pull oh, back. <laughs> I think of Chris Berman doing the boom boom. Oh man, Mike. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. Love him. Michael oh, Jordan. Man. So you're a 90s guy. So you're more I'm a 90s Jordan. guy. LeBron, yeah. to take it, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, it's hard for me to cheer for guys younger than me. That's just, yeah. it's, I, I don't understand. know how to say that. I but think... guys I looked up to, yeah. you know, I mean, I, LeBron's great. Kobe, yeah. me and him are the same age, you know. Yeah. So, but those guys, when I was growing up, those are the guys who just, you 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 you, you tailored your game after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson, oh, the answer. Uh, oh, Ed man. Reed. Oh, man, man. what a safety, safety. incredible oh, safety. Man. And then you finally rest in peace, Steve McNair. Steve uh, you know, yeah. there's, yeah. there's yeah. so much greatness taken yeah. away there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, that was a great list. But we always finish. We either do a start bench cut where I, gotcha. I give you three names, you start bench one. But I, I want to hear more. So I'm going to do two, I have two of them, two or three. Okay. I want to go the Mount Rushmore edition. So Mount Rushmore, you know, the, the four presidents, you know, up there in mm-hmm. South Dakota. So mm-hmm. I'm asking for your all-time top four we're going to do a Love You Blue edition, a Coach Butler okay. Love You Blue. Give okay. me your four all-time favorite Houston Oilers. Earl Campbell. You're wearing Earl Campbell? You got your Earl Campbell shirt on got, right now. Got, yeah. my, got my Earl Campbell on. You know, Tyler Rose. <laughs> Warren Moon, of course. Love it. Yep. One, a lot of people don't think about Blaine Bishop. Played safety. safety. Yep, 20, number 23. I yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Blaine Bishop, smaller guy. Yeah. But would hit. Yes. Sounds like you, right? You were in the same position, same area. Yeah. Blaine Bishop and my last one, Ernest Givens. He played receiver. Ernest Givens, number 81, right? Yeah. Number 81. You know, they had Haywood Jeffries out, but Ernest Givens, it was just something about a smaller guy playing a big man's game. Love it. And with no fear. Because times are different now. You got like Tyreek Hill and like smaller receivers can, it it helps because it's not as, you can't get hands on as much anymore. That's why I love the sport of football. That's why I love yeah. football because no matter what your size, big guys, small guys, anybody can play basketball. You gotta be, you have to meet some type of. But with football, I just feel like it's the greatest team sport ever created, in my personal opinion. Love it. Let's do two more. I mean, you your list of Westfield legends was huge, and so for any of your buddies that are tuning in, I'm gonna ask you for your Westfield High School Mount Rushmore. Who's your top four greatest Mustangs of all time? Okay, man. You now, might get in like, trouble with this. <laughs> I, I, I am, but I, I have to be honest because these right. are guys that I looked up to. Right. And a lot of people might, you know, 
Now, as far as NFL, you know, you have your Ed Oliver, you know, sure, that type sure, of stuff. Sure. But for me. Yeah, it's yours. There, That's right. It's your Mount Rushmore. There, there, there was a guy named Demuncy Suggs okay. played running back. Beast. Yeah. Laderick Hunter, running back. Yeah. Beast. Octavius Bishop played at UT. Right. Played at the um for the Atlanta Falcons. He's he's still, you know, tremendous in, in the UT. He still lives in Austin. Yeah. And there was a guy named Jeff Lewis, another running back. I mean, I, I so this I was you as a middle school kid and elementary school kid watching these great running watching backs. These, watching these great guys, especially with this wish. Like I said, there are so yeah. I mean, I have a list of 10 to 12 names, but I had to break it down to four. Yeah. No, it, but, it's hard. But yeah. Hey man, when I tell everybody else, hey man, y'all know who y'all are. I have y'all on this, but I, I had to go with. That that's my fourth simply because those guys truly looked out for me and helped me along the way. You know, being this little freshman coming in and they were like juniors and seniors, but man, they showed us so much love. It, it wasn't like the hazing and stuff. They yeah. really truly looked out for us. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And last one, man, you've had a great career at Aldi and ISD, and now you're up at the very highest levels doing what you're doing. I we both we connected in Aldi and ISD, so it's yes, a special sir. place for both of us. Yes, I don't know how you're going to approach this, whether you're going to go with like the guys you played against or you're going to do some of your players or what you're going to do, but I want to hear your Aldean ISD. So it could be Nimitz, Ike, Aldean, okay. you know, who knows what you're going to do. Davis, of course, give me your Aldean ISD top four of all time, Mount Rushmore. My top four for Aldean ISD, I have to, I truly have to start off with um the X, the X Factor, Dante Hall. Yeah. He, he was like trying to, trying to catch a hiccup. <laughs> that's just how quick he was. Yeah. That's just how quick he was. I have yeah. to have to go with him. I'm gonna have to go with the quarterbacks coach at Duncanville High School right now, Odell James. Odell James, the MacArthur General, right? MacArthur General. Yes. Took them to the state championship as a sophomore. Oh, I, I'm yeah. gonna have to go with Odell James. Yeah, These are guys that choice. I've seen play. Um, Odell James, and then I'm gonna have to be real. Jason Glenn, J five. Yeah, Jason Glenn. When we played against that team, he was such a film guru at the time, where he knew the plays that we were running before we even ran it. He probably uh -huh. helped that his brother was already in the NFL and he knew how yeah. to watch film. Yeah, but Jason Glenn was truly just a different dude. And the last one I have to go with is a guy named William Shoulders. He okay. played running back at Eisenhower. Okay. This this he. When you would try to hit him, I don't care how much force <laughs> or how much strength you had, you would bounce off of him. Yeah. As I mean, as if you were running up against Jerome Bettis. That's mm -hmm. how strong this mm -hmm. guy was at Eisenhower. So for me, those those four, th those are some studs. And that, like I said, there are many, many more. Right. Oh, more. yeah. Like I said, Aldine yeah. had a lot of dudes. Yeah. I think so many of them, it was hard for me to just – you know, Aldine High School, but those guys and, and with the collection of those Aldine guys that I just didn't name at the time, like yeah. I said, Andre Fuller, D.D. Lewis, those guys, yeah. they yeah. were just different. They were yeah. built different. Yeah. I hate to say it, man. That was like going against a mini Juco in high school. Sure, yeah. yeah. This was yeah. last chance you before it was even, even, <laughs> even out of You had Bill Smith instead of Coach Buddy Tevens, right? Oh, man. Bill, <laughs> what was it like seeing Bill Smith work that sideline? I mean, I got to meet him, obviously, when I was at Aldine. He is just a great guy, man. I love talking to Coach Smith, but he's a legend. So what was it like seeing him man, patrolling those sidelines? Those kids ready. Yeah. I mean, from seniors all the way to the freshman team, they were the hardest hitting team that I ever faced in my life. Aldine High School. Yeah. Aldine High School. Yeah. Ike, 
Eisenhower had some guys. Nimitz had some guys. Mac had some guys. But when it came to just guys that were hit, even when you weren't looking, yeah, they, and they didn't just want to hit you. They wanted to demoralize you. Yeah, they they wanted to demolish you, and they wanted you not to even get back up. That's how mentally strong and mentally prepared those guys were. Yeah. And just a quick aside, that team, like I said probably before, they lost to Drew Brees' team that right. 1996. Lost to Drew Brees, I think, in the semifinals that year to Austin yeah. Westlake. Yeah. That's how good they were. Yeah, They lost to Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's yeah. how good that Alden High School team was. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Know, again, they were throwing that, that ball around that Austin Westlake team was, yeah. was, was chunking that rock. But, yeah, man, that yeah, yeah, it's been some – yeah, it's been some talent coming from around this area. No doubt about it, man, Coach. This was fun. If, if y'all enjoyed this as much as we did, please take the moment. Give us that five-star rating. That drives us up the charts so more people can find out these stories of coaches like Coach Butler, Thomas, making a difference. Hit that follow button to subscribe and hear new episodes soon to come out each week. Follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. If you want to shoot me an email, you can email us at teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com. We lift up our own here, man. So many of my guests have been recommendations of former guests saying, hey, you got to get this coach on. I've known about you for a long time. I've been waiting for this. And I was waiting for that moment where you get all that hardware. <laughs> and it, it hey, happened. You- I, I just, I, and I, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but I, yeah. I just have to give a quick shout out to yeah. my new staff this year. Coach yeah, McBride, please. Coach Anderson, Coach Stewart, my other Coach Stewart. I'm, I'm being, I'm just, I'm being so serious. Coach Esau, I have so many great people in my life in my um in my community of coaches yeah. you know coach belvin I, I just have coach wise i just have so many great coaches who truly share the vision that i have yeah. to um for us to keep doing what we do you know yeah. and i just i just want to get and if i miss your name hey charge it to my head and not my heart but i just want to <laughs> let everyone know yeah. man hey i truly appreciate every coach i've worked with every teacher administration everyone i truly appreciate all of you love that who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to work for you, Lorenis, man? Seriously, because you you're one of those leaders that that gets it and you you love your staff and you recognize them and you're you just yeah. I, I love hearing that, man. I'm I'm so yeah, please stop me at any time for that. That was perfect. Man. All right. Last couple things here, as always, the cover art and music for the team player podcast are provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr, and our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. Coach Butler, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. This is this has been a true honor and a pleasure, man. Coach Cobo, it's been a, it's been a blessing. I, I appreciate you just allowing you know this this little bitty middle school P teacher slash nah, football teacher, coordinator, yeah. whatever they want to call me, just an opportunity to to be on your platform and just kind of share my story, man. I, I really appreciate it. and just us having the connection that we've had over yeah. the years working together and just the positive impact that you've had on me, man. Like seriously, yes, I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. I really All right. Do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach Butler. Thank you so much to all the team players out there for your support. And we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough. I'm just fine, I'm good enough.